What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back, and there's some uh, new voices, sort of, in the in the room now, or at least a combination of voices. We've got Patrick back this week, and, of course, Brittany's here, so, Woo. and I'm your dildo for tonight. And Alex is here, too. And we'll be teaching you how to make your own homemade mayonnaise today. Yay! With White Kool-Aid packets. Are we going to do like Kool-Aid variants packets. of Mary, Miracle Whip too? Because I love <laughs> I, Miracle Whip. I love Miracle Whip too. So. Dude, I'm not, a, not a lot of people do. Not, I'm not a fan. It's weird. I'll, I'll eat it. I but yeah, it. I like eggs. Hey, it has eggs. I know. It's basically Does the it? same. We just don't know what the tangy zip comes from. <laughs> it could be from like babies Children's for all tears. we know. Yeah, That's from Carl's semen. Maybe unicorn He's a tears. busy boy. Carl from Aqua Team? No. What? Who are you talking about? Who's I'm Carl? I'm just saying Carl from the factory who's jizzing in cups. Oh, Carl. okay. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is, is Carl? That... <laughs> it's really made by pre-semen. That's why they call it Miracle oh, Whip. pre-cum. Oh. <laughs> That's what gets you pregnant. There we go. Anyway, guys, today's episode is episode 126. And today we're going to be going down the Critters franchise hole uh, by starting it off with uh, Critters and Critters 2. The main course. So we're drinking beer, uh, which I shouldn't be doing, but whatever. Fuck it. Live dangerously. Just- I instigated the whole situation. Yeah, thank you for bringing all the uh, delicious, cheap beer. I we- wanted to drink anyway, so this is fine. We're Thanks. drinking the champagne of beers today, guys, so celebration isn't in order. Um, oh, like, oh is talking about celebrations. Hey, it's Warble's birthday today, everybody. Oh, happy birthday. He's 38. Oh, that old fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he's older That's than me. That's really so. fucking old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday, Warble. Yeah, you old piece of shit. Happy birthday. Uh, you know he doesn't listen anyway. So. He old. doesn't. You know, I told he's like, did you guys mention me in the last podcast? I was like, yeah, we talked shit for like a half an hour. Yeah. Oh, what podcast was it? Which episode? I was like, yeah. I don't know. You'll have to listen to like the last 10, I guess. Yeah. That's how you get him in, Patrick. Good, yeah, good job. Reel him in somehow. Them yeah, I always get people that always ask me like, so what did you think of this movie? And I'm like, well, you'll have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've done that yes. to me, dude. Yeah, because I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm not fucking playing that game. I put too much goddamn work into this. Yep. <laughs> he takes his shit cereal. But yeah, if you're not listening, you're an asshole. So welcome to the party. The yeah. cool kids party. Uh, but Are we doing news today? Yeah, no, we're not doing news today because it, it's going to be a long episode, I have a feeling. 
But we do oftentimes come across some coincidences in this show, and uh, one of our buddies at the Terrible Terror Podcast is actually going to be doing a Critters episode, just the part one. We're going to be doing one and two today, so if you guys want to check that out, just check out Terrible Terror Podcast on any of the... uh, iTunes, anywhere you want to go, and uh, listen to that episode. Much love, Brian. And hopefully we'll keep it under two hours this week. So Yeah, because i got to get home and play some Apex Legends. Oh, okay? of course. Yeah, that's more important, Patrick, yeah. than creating something with your friend. This is beautiful. <laughs> your fucking friend! <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny is like when Brittany and I were sitting here, because she was here at like quarter to five. I think and uh, like, I, okay and so then this so is it where like, you bust my balls yeah <laughs> so just, I put my balls up on the table yeah well because I know you well enough <laughs> all right but I was like okay I was like I don't know if he's left yet I bet you he left at like five so we were like maybe four forty and then and then I was five. like you know the way to check is to go to his Xbox account <laughs> <laughs> and see what he was last logged in and I was like this. <laughs> This is how I do it. I, said, ah, I was like, ah, he just signed out 29 minutes ago. So he left a quarter till, uh, at least a quarter till uh, before five. <laughs> I told, I knew it. You fucking, you're an Xbox junkie. Dude, the Apex Predator, it, it really, it came out of nowhere. And it struck Apex us all, but, Predator? Oh, Apex Legends Predator. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's a game, Brittany. I figured. Anyway, so how have you guys been? It's everything been going pretty good other than video games and uh, drinking beer right now. You guys doing good? Yeah, I bought a new truck. You just saw it. Yeah, yeah, truck, that's right. Man. You got the Tacoma. Nice. Toyota Tacoma. You fucking terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's. Is that is that the one that has the the cool step into the bed or whatever that converts to like five different ways? Oh no, this is like an older one. It's like two thousand eight flat oh, okay. bed. Yeah, but it's it looks fancy. Yeah, it smells new. I like yeah, trucks. yeah, it doesn't have any Arizona pinstripes. Okay, <laughs> you know what those are right. No, <laughs> oh, that's where you you know you get pinstripes from taking your truck out to the desert and getting all that oh, roughed up from the bushes. That makes sense. <laughs> what about you, Brittany? How are you doing? What's going on with you? Anything new? No. No. You're feeling better. You got to spend time with your I mom. I know that was brief as fuck, Brittany. Come on. <laughs> no. Fluff you, it a little you bit. You hung out with your <laughs> mom? It. Hello? It I did. My mom was here for a couple weeks, so that was nice. Yeah. I took her at a fancy Italian dinner yesterday. Oh, where? Uh, Christo's. Is that good? Yeah, fuck I don't yeah. think I've ever heard of it. I like, like Italian Mouse and I food, go but... there for our Italian, or our Italian food. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we go there for our anniversary. <laughs> I was going to say, like, where is this going? I blow Italian Nowhere. dudes there. I blow Italian <laughs> dudes there, like... So does Mouse. Like, we tag team the kitchen staff. Like, it's yeah. fine. Dude, Dutch Rudder, like, you've never seen. Yeah. He's, like, holding them around. I like to wrap the spaghetti noodles, like, around their dicks and then just slip it all the way off. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Talk about Lady in the Tramp. Stuffing pierogies in their ass. Sorry. <laughs> mm. Thanks for that. Well, uh, it'd probably go somewhere else because it's got, like, cottage cheese sort of thing, doesn't it? No. Pierogies are filled cannolis. with potatoes, bro. No, like, you're thinking uh, of a cannoli. Okay, so, no, 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 because my my uh, I have a Polish ancestry, and my uncle was always making poor man's pierogies, which is like cutting up onions. And you, potatoes. You, you, no, no, no. You you mix it in with... Um, let me let me just ask you this. How about what's, I tell you what it is? What's cheaper than potatoes, dude? Uh, well, let me just tell you how he made it. <laughs> all right. And then you can, you can <laughs> then shit, shit all over it. Yeah, there you okay. go. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, he would take like the shells, you know what I mean, or any kind of like pasta, cook up the pasta till it was soft, and then put in uh, onions and butter, and then he would take a thing of cottage cheese and put it in there and mix it all together. Mm. And that's called poor man's pierogies. Yeah, that's like one of those uh, 
Weird. But they call those. It's I actually a, really good, but I, I mean. I have a bunch it, of those recipes for my grandmother, like uh, depression meals. Things that they <laughs> made during depression, you know, the cheaper yeah, kind of like, anyway. depression. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think it might be that time. Oh, shit. So I I couldn't think of a really clever name for this one, but I thought, you know, when the the critters in the movie die, they have like greenish blood, right? In all of the movies that that we've seen thus far. Mm -hmm. So I figured we'd take just a simple shot called Critter Guts and call it that. And it's this is what it is. It's a creamy drink. It's a one ounce of Corova Horchata cream liqueur, which is the like make it look kind of white, right? And then you put in one ounce. So it's one ounce of the Horchata cream liqueur. Then your one ounce of creme de menthe to give it that green. Mm. You start. You got to put this all in a in a shaker, by the way, with ice because it's not going to taste right. And then one ounce of vodka. This will make a three shots for you guys, or an extra shot for somebody if you only have two people. Um, but yeah, that is a critter guts. I thought it would be okay. I was trying to be clever, but eh. where'd the gut parts come in? Anything with with little entrails. <laughs> guinea pig. That's dark. Uh, I prefer small But I actually don't think that this would taste that bad. No, it sounds like to me, which is what I thought of the whole time I watched in the second movie, is like a really weird Cadbury cream egg. Right, yeah. We tried to do that. Remember when Christina tried to make something like that? Yeah. But guys, if you would like to try Critter Guts, all you have to do is go to Long Live the Void to check out our hashtag Horror Shots section now. That's it for Horror Shots. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Critters and... Critters 2. Right now. Okay, guys, so we're going to kick it off in order, you know, with Critters 1, which are just called Critters. Came out in 1986, and the story is a group of small, furry aliens make lunch out of the locals in a farming town. Aww. (laughs) It's also directed by, and also written, sort of, he kind of polished the story of Dominic Muir's original screenplay, but it's uh, directed by Stephen Herrick, who is the director of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Don't Tell Mom. Yeah. (laughs) Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I love that movie. The Mighty Ducks, Mr. Holland's Opus, and The Three Musketeers, amongst many others. Dominic Mears actually wrote the original screenplay. Uh, He wrote a lot of films that you probably would not expect. One that I think Patrick will probably be excited about. Some that are my favorite Jet Li films, by the way, like The New Legend of Shaolin. Ooh. Do you remember that one? That's uh, the one where he has the son that travels with him. Right. And he does the bow staff. Mm-hmm. That one's sick. And I did not know that he wrote that. I'm like blown away by that. Fucking great movie. If you guys like Asian kung fu, sort of like, you know, like crazy flicks that are just funny and entertaining all the way through, uh, that's a high recommendation right there. Or any Wu Tang collection movie. Dude, that kid kicks so much ass in that movie. Like, 
It's really good. But he also did a movie called High Risk, another film with Jet Li, Doll Graveyard, The Ginger Dead Man, Evil Bong 1, 2, and 3, Skull Heads, Puppet Master, Access of Evil, Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. So he, he definitely jumped in uh, to the Full Moon movies shortly was it, after. Was it Tommy Chung in those movies? Yes. <laughs> was he in all of them or just the first one? Yeah, he's like the, the, the guy that comes in kind of like in House, the House movie, or, or like House 2 where the, the guy from Cheers comes in and like tries to, he's like an adventurer slash plumber or right. electrician. <laughs> <laughs> But he's kind of like that guy. He's like the the high guy that tells them the tale of the evil bong or whatever, I believe. It's been a while. Uh, Some of the special effects uh, and creature design is done by none other than the Kyoto Brothers, who are essentially responsible for bringing the critters to life. They are considered to be the father of the critters in general. Charles Edward and Stephen Kyoto. Although Charles is mainly responsible for most of the special effects, but all of them work on those, by the way, so they all have their hand in it. Some of them do, like, direction, production, and also special effects and stuff, but they're super creative guys. They're the guys that actually directed The Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, Notorious and great movie, in my opinion. They also, uh, it was directed by Stephen uh, Kyoto and written by his other brothers, they do just about everything, though. So it's like I said, it's they, they are just like renaissance men in the film industry. They worked on the entire Critters franchise, by the way. They also did Ernest Scared Stupid, which makes sense with the creature effect in that in particular. They did work on Team America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Night of the Little Dead. And obviously the return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space that was announced just last year. Some of the stars in this movie are Dee Wallace, of course. She plays Helen Brown, or the mom. She was in The Howling, of course, because we can't seem to shake this goddamn franchise. We do lots of Dee Wallace movies. <laughs> it was not intentionally. It's never intentional, but yeah. we, we've done a lot of movies with Well, Dee she's Wallace done a lot. And she was also in E.T., The Hills Have Eyes, the original. Red Christmas, Cujo, Murder, She Wrote TV show, I had to point out, by the way, because that mm-hmm. always seems to be it's everybody in the theme. horror industry yeah. seems to work there at some point in time if they're old enough. It also stars M. Emmett Walsh, who is uh, Sheriff Harve. He was in Blade Runner, The Jerk, Missing in Action, Fletch, Back to School, Harry and the Hendersons, Red Scorpion, Cops and Robertsons, Free Willy 2, and uh, Wild Wild West, and many more. Also stars Billy Green Bush, which I really have to find out if that's true. I'm a child. Uh, <laughs> you're me both, okay? But he goes by Jay Brown in the movie. He's otherwise known as Dad. Uh, he was in the movie The Hitcher. Jason Goes to Hell and a bunch of TV and movie westerns. That's what he's primarily famous for in his early days. A lot of stuff I wasn't really familiar with. A lot of TV shows, just one-offs and stuff. It also stars Scott Grimes, who is plays Brad Brown. He's the main star of the movie. He's the uh, voice Steve in American Dad. He's in the show Orville, the Orville, as uh, Lieutenant Gordon Malloy. I fucking love that show, by the way. Have you so watched it? A movie I also own that he did, um, Sc- Scott Grimes did, called uh, Nightlife. It's only on VHS. I wonder if they're ever going to bring that to Blu-ray. If you guys know anything about that, let us know. We should uh, review that, by the way, sometime. He was also in the show Good Behavior with Sherman Hemsley of the Jeffersons. It was a lot of episodes, I think like 22 episodes. He was also in the 2010 Robin Hood and the Justified TV show, Scott Grimes. 
Also stars Don Keith Opper, who plays Charlie in the movie, one of the beloved characters of the franchise, I would say. He's the brother of Barry Opper, who actually produced this movie, and he's in all the critters except uh, part three, which is the Leonardo DiCaprio. are you DiCaprio. sure about that? I thought he, they, those two were in all four of them. Nope. Just the, the next guy I'll mention. But he was also in Android, which is the movie they made before Critters. He was also in a movie called Black Moon Rising, Ghost in the Machine, and a movie called Invasion, a.k.a. Infection, which I believe is an asteroid movie. Pretty weird. Terrence Mann was in this movie. He played Johnny Steele. He did the entire Critters franchise, apparently. I don't know if he's just in some of the, like you know what happened segments in one of the movies or something like that because i don't remember him being a big facet in part three if i recall correctly but he was also in sense eight the tv show which you watched apparently no i I know he's in it yeah watched it he was also in the blacklist uh play he plays himself in unbreakable kimmy schmidt he's been in a ton of broadway actually that's where he's actually got his start and he wanted to take on like fucking horror movies and he didn't treat it like he was slumming is what they called it so i thought it was pretty cool he was also in a movie called solar babies um which patrick might remember and uh big top peewee of course i remember big top (laughs) i remember solar babies i remember solar babies and you're talking you're talking about terrence man yeah 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 also it stars lynn shay who plays sal or sally the she's the uh leading well psychic in the insidious franchise uh she's also in there something about mary kingpin the final wish ouija and ouija origin of evil the midnight man abattoir tales of halloween nightmare on elm street and many 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 more a lot of shit uh she's been around forever and she has always been true to horror yeah she's like primarily a horror actress even if you hate some of the movies that she's been in, you have to respect her for that. Mm-hmm. Also has a small cameo by Billy Zane. Uh, this is, I believe, one of the biggest roles he had had. I fucking love Billy Zane. He was in, uh, he's plays Steve, the boyfriend in this one. He was obviously in Demon Knight. He was in Back to Future 1 and 2 as one of the, like, I think he was the guy wearing the glasses. He was one of the goons for yeah, the he bullies. He didn't have a major, character, major no. role. So this movie was like his big one. The Phantom, Titanic, Zoolander, Blood Rain, The Mad, and more. I think he's mostly known for Titanic, really. Probably. I don't know. He, I mean, he was no. pretty big when he did The Phantom. Every time Mouse and I, Mouse, well, both Mouse and I went, that's the asshole from Titanic. <laughs> it's a terrible movie, The Phantom, but the Titanic, yeah, yeah I do remember him pretty You're talking about Billy Zane? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, Demon Billy Knight Zane. is just Demon amazing. Knight. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That oh. is one of the best movies he's well, ever done. Well, I guess people weren't into horror. Yeah. Right. And you think Billy Zane used think Titanic? Probably. Uh, the budget for this movie says it was about $3 million, although I heard it was less than that, uh, about $2 million. It made about $13.2 million at the box office in the United States. So, how do we want to do this? Who wants to go first on their thoughts? I don't care. I'll go ahead, Brittany. Well, you can't not like these movies, to be honest, I feel like. Like, they're not the best, but they're fun. They're entertaining. Have you seen these before? Like I, mean, I had seen the first one. What's your earliest memory of the Critters franchise? Like when I first saw it? Yeah. Oh, I was a kid. Yeah, like how so young? So it's like the same kind of when I saw um, Gremlins. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. probably like 10 or 11-ish mm. when I saw them. And I thought they were cute. <laughs> they were cuter than the Gremlins because they're all evil with their red eyes. Right. Um, and I wanted one because <laughs> I thought Gremlins were kind of dumb. But I don't know. There's a funny story on that. Maybe I'm just mean and I wanted a mean little animal that was going to eat everybody. But (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't like that? But they're mostly sweet. 
unless you feed them past midnight <laughs> or get them wet. <laughs> Even then, they're kind of silly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, well, honestly, like I like watching them now. I prefer gremlins over critters. Of course, oh, yeah. yeah. But oh, yeah. it's the better it's just movie. a better structured movie, mm-hmm. right? But I did enjoy this a lot. I like the fact that they went more frightening with the sure. creatures, or they tried to. At least I'll give them that. It's not one of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> but I feel like we're all like creature films. This is one of those that you kind of like. It's one you need to watch. Don't you fucking shit on this movie, Britain. I'm not going to. You shit on my I, I, I won't. At least these two, but I don't know about three and four. I can't tell. Oh, you. Oh yeah, so. well, we'll do it. It's gonna be a trip we'll see, down. Cause, yeah. Well, it was cool to see Scott Grimes. It's cool to see Billy Zane. It's cool to see, and I can never remember her name, Lynn. Mm, yeah. You know, um, the guy that plays the sheriff, I really like him, too. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Almost everybody is a recognizable character. And they're all strong characters. They are. They're all strong characters. Like, they do a really good job. Like, that's one of the things is, like, this is a pretty strong movie, like, on its own. It's it's silly and, you know, it's ridiculous, but it's still pretty well done um, overall. So it's not one of those films that you're just, like, bored throughout the entire thing. And it kind of stands a test of time at any sure. point. So it's like, you know, you can see it back when it was released in the 80s. Or you can see it now and it's still fun. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely in, you know... It's an 80s film, it's an 80s for, 80s sure. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It definitely is, but it's not like you can't watch it now and just be totally taken out of that because it's an 80s movie. Right. Where there's a lot of 80s movies where you can go... It's just you know it should have stayed in the eighties and never fucking left. You know what I mean? Like it's fascinating to me for kids these days that have never seen these movies that I grew up on, Mm -hmm. and like what the reaction is. I'd probably want to punch most of them. Probably for you know what I mean? Because they're gonna think it's stupid, (laughs) right? But you know what I mean? Like kids that are really young. Like I wonder you know how they feel about it if they like it and stuff. Yeah, you know because it is like very borderline. Like, not for kids. It's like one of those, for me as a kid, it was like one of those this movies more like, that you like kind of were able to watch because yeah. your parents were like, well, this, right. this is more bad. like teenager to like adult, like older teenager to right, adult. Sure. I feel like it's not a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I had a weird, I was never scared of shit like this when I was a kid. Just like I wasn't scared of Chucky or any of that stuff. Like, I only right. had one movie that ever fucking like tormented me and it wasn't even a scary movie. Really? So. That was that's just fun. an irrational fear kind of thing. It, kind of. It was I think it was like stems from like how I had to watch it. And then it just like weirded me out. But now it's like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> so but like as a kid, I had nightmares like, like night, a, fucking night terrors, like recurring night. Well, terrors. You got to say what it is now. Is oh. it like a pool movie or like no. they're playing pool? No. no um, <laughs> Mars attacks. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember you saying oh, that. absolutely young. fucking terrified. And I, I was not like 28. Okay. But I saw it when it came out. Like, it was, it had been, um, like, out of theaters and stuff. Like, it had been, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love them. Like, that's now, I'm like, this is the greatest shit ever. It's so fucking yeah, cute. Yeah, let's not get carried fun, away here. But right. I hated it. Like, it fucking fucked my life up for a long time. Movies you would expect to fuck you up as a kid when you see, like, this could be one of those as a little kid that you see. Right. And you're just like, oh, and, like, cute fuzzy creature is going to rip my fucking head off. Like, then shoot porcupine quills at me and they're gonna fuck me up <laughs> so you you compare this to little things pretty much is what you're saying and it didn't really affect you when you were younger but no like when i saw i mean i was an older kid too like 10 or 11 probably when i saw this so mm. I, I feel like if i would have seen it at a younger age that it probably would have stuck with me a little bit differently it was a high renter at my house yeah uh so what about you patrick what did you think of the first movie uh, it was good you know when i watched it i i, I definitely remember that I remember the second one more than I remember the first one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's definitely, it stands up, stands the test of time. 
still a good, like, you know, funny little movie you can watch with your friends. I don't know. Family friendly is the right word for it. I mean, it is in some yeah, degrees. If I had kids, I'd show them. It right. is more than the second one. We'll I'd get into show that. Them this right. and like Gremlins and like other shit that I watched when I was a kid. I think Gremlins <laughs> is is fine. Girl, Gremlins, I feel like is more family friendly a little bit too. But Gremlins had the song too. I think yeah. you know the power of the night's cool. Well, it has the cute one. Power of the night. Yeah, yeah but... it has the cute one though that carries on throughout the whole like <laughs> gang, gang, yeah, gang, whatever gang, that one's gang. fucking name is. Oh, Gizmo. Gizmo. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that fucking. What's his name? Howie Mandel. Yeah, Howie Mandel. Yes, Howie Mandel did Gizmo. the voice. Yeah. And it's the same voice. Him and Bobby from Bobby's World and whatever other character he fucking voices. The same voice, different actor. Oh, he's always a famous comedian. Yeah. So, like, what would you guys give it a score of, like, if you had to? Like, compared to the old days, not to today. Not to, like, today's standard. Yeah, like, compared to the I'd 80s. Probably, I'd probably still give it, like, a six, six and a half. Really? Okay. What about you, Patrick? I was going to say seven. Really? Yeah. I'd give it an eight, like, yeah, for it, 80s. It, it's more Because it is a bigger budget 80s movie, to me. Yeah. Like, it has, a, it has all the right but elements. But I think, to me, back then, if I was doing the shit that I'm doing now, even though you wouldn't be able to do that back you then. You would have loved it? I, I, no. You're I wouldn't have. I'd be like, no, it's just copying off of Gremlins. Fuck this movie. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> well, a lot of people said that, and, and, and I'll just spill some of the trivia now before I get into my thoughts. But it is is actually was written long before Gremlins uh, actually came out. So there was like some, some trivia, and I'll get that into that. That may be true, but Gremlins did it better. Right. Well, whatever. You know, it's just, it was like, when I tell you why he came up with the idea, you'll be like, oh, okay, that doesn't sound anything like Gremlins. Okay. So, I but think they're different. Movies. I think they're definitely different. Oh, they're but, definitely different. Yeah. I mean, but, but they're also very saying, similar. Like the same little cute ish killer creature. Right. Kind and of they're all doing silly shit like they're humans. Yeah. Breaking toys and right. eating E.T.'s head. For me, just like <laughs> having small creatures in a, in a horror movie that's kind of like leaning towards like kids in a way, it was huge for me. Like, I loved the Munchies. I loved Critters franchise. I loved gremlins i loved even like puppet master later on and like i just loved little things like that because i think somewhere deep inside of me i was a little afraid of little things under my bed right or in my closet or whatever the fuck it is and not everybody is scared of little things like that but for a lot of kids like dolls and toys are this beloved thing and like the worst thing for a child is to have those turn bad and like, you know what I mean? And so just little things in general, I think, for kids was scary. But for me, I was deeply in love with the Critters franchise right off the bat. It was one of those movies I always asked my dad to fucking rent. I remember pretty clearly. I think I do remember part two like you, Patrick, just a little bit more um, because I was a little bit older and probably my memory was better. But uh, it, it was kind of like border horror with like a fun tone that I think a lot of the kids my age sort of resonated with at the time. Even adults, I think, also really enjoyed it too, even though they thought it was just some fun, kitschy thing. But there were so many moving parts to this film that it, it wasn't just like a little creature flick. It actually had heart. It had the ability to be more than just a small home invaded by space creatures kind of movie. It, it blew the doors off in that department and added bounty hunters from an off-planet too. But not just any bounty hunters, but ones that could change their appearance at will to anything they saw, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. That adds such an element of depth to me in that movie had it just been critters attacking kind of like what i remember part three to be 
it I don't know. Like I know that they're in the third one too, but the bounty hunters thing is really cool. And the and the twist on it that they're not just these stupid fucking ravenous creatures that attack, but they're actually criminals on an off-world planet on an asteroid by the way. Mm-hmm. Asteroid sector 13 whatever <laughs> the fuck it was. It kind of reminds me a lot of like Night of the Creeps how the beginning of that movie starts I off. I was going to say that actually. Yeah, it's cool and- that you brought that up. And I really like that that kind of Fred Decker-esque feel to it. I love that like weird, wild sci-fi horror element to it. It's yeah. just something about it is just really fascinating for me. But, you know, it just it just added a whole other element for me, so it stands out that way. And of course, obviously the critters I didn't want to leave them in the shadows. They were really fucking cool. And they were really small. They were big. They were all over the fucking place. Um and the legendary Kyoto Brothers, which I had no idea years ago when I was a kid that this would be the same people that made Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you know, because we didn't really have access to that shit. Um, but it may have said it on the screen, but when you're a kid, you don't think about that shit. Yeah, I don't pay attention to it. But, the, you know, just the fact that they're attached to it for me, that it, like really strikes a chord with me. Uh, the critters in themselves, they would like eat and eat and eat and like wreak havoc, very much like you said, like gremlins all over the place. And they even talk to each other. So like, again, it's not again, it's just this mindless creatures. They're just like having conversations, which I just fucking loved. Like when he cusses on the, on the oh, fucking, the best. in that part, I was, when I was Fuck. a kid, I loved <laughs> that. And adults loved it too. They talk about it in the uh, extras or whatever. But um, it just all came together, kicked off a pretty decent little franchise. If you're kind of like an 80s kid, these are ones you you would always rent, in my opinion, at the store. And at least for me, you know, anytime you saw them on cable, I watched them all the time. Like anytime they were on, I would be like, oh, yeah, like I'd watch it. So I was super, probably Cinemax or something like that. I don't know. Oh, and watching these Blu-rays, by the way, was a real treat. Like I have never seen these movies look that good like i've always seen it on like vhs or some shitty copy or whatever so it's not like my favorite franchise ever but it it was a very big nostalgia trip for me i think if you haven't really seen these i think you really should if you enjoy the 80s at all i think it's it's one of the more it's not mainstream it's more underground but it's somewhere in between mainstream and underground like that this this movie falls uh in its popularity scott grimes i thought really worked well for the movie as a kid he was like really smart and it made me feel like i wanted to be that kid yeah you know what i mean like something about him he's like brave too <laughs> right like like how would you deal with it as a kid it just like i don't know vicariously watching him on the screen made me feel like i wanted to be that in control because like there's a scene in the movie where he's like dad i'm gonna go fucking save everybody and i yeah. was there's no way <laughs> i would have ever done that shit but um, Dee Wallace definitely owns her part. You know, she's the strong mom that teeters on tough and susceptible. That's like where she shines the most in almost every movie. You know, she's really susceptible, but she steps up to the plate every fucking time. And that's what's really great about Dee Wallace. Um, plus, Charlie in the movie, the character Charlie, is just endearing for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they talk about it in the extras a lot, but like for me, when I was a kid, I just thought he was so cool. Like, like it's a kid, it's an it's an adult that gets what a kid thinks because he's not like what a lot of kids think when they're growing up is like, well, I'm not part of that club. You know what I mean? They either want to be a part of it or they're misunderstood by it. 
So, like, Charlie's, like, that in-between liaison, you know, for that world. And I just thought that was really cool. So he was, like, one of my favorite things uh, in the movie, too. But Christina watched this for the first time, which was really great. She kept saying she loved the set designs, like, a whole bunch. She was, like, really into it. She loved all the, like, beady red eyes of the creatures and shit. It's it's cool. She even said she'd watch this again for sure. We watched both part one and two. She said she's into, like, horror comedies, like, a lot. So like, really silly ones. Right. So, like, she thought, I was like, this is, like, probably perfect for her. So she was like, oh, I'd watch these again. Because where I'm always, like, looking for, like, new films to watch, she's, like, she's like the tried and true classic. But I don't know. Uh, there is some trivia on this, though, that I thought I'd share with you guys. There's quite a lot. I tried to just pick some of my favorite stuff, so it's not going to be everything. Dominic Muir actually wrote the Critters franchise long before the Gremlins at the age of 19. And because Gremlins was, was such a huge mega hit in the theaters, it actually helped him sell his script. That makes sense. Because he had had it sitting there for a while. And when that movie blew up, Joe Dante did his thing. Yeah. So People were like, oh... People will buy into this shit. Right. Let's and they it. and they did and they like took it and they were like, Hey, actually this isn't too bad. But uh he his earliest concept for making this script and a screenplay was that he wanted to make an alien movie that was more than just aliens, but that they were also criminals, like I mentioned, and that he loved Westerns as a kid. So the idea of bounty hunters came up, so they wrote that into the script. Which I think without them personally I think this movie would have just been another movie. Like, I think it adds. Also, in the original first draft, it was actually really dark and super fucking gory. Like, he said it was like a hard R. And it was going to be... And this is a PG-13 movie, guys. So, uh, you would think that they wouldn't have as much as they do in this movie. But it seems like the ratings have changed these days. I think it's probably just PG-13 because they say fuck once. You might be right. They had to trim it down quite a bit, but... Uh, the cow's kind of gory too i guess that they yeah but they don't really show it yeah not a lot they show the skull a little bit they show the laying down on the ground and stuff there's not really any like gore or anything but so it's most likely just got the pg-13 because the gremlins say fuck so you don't and and you read it right yeah also don opper modeled charlie the character after buster keaton really because he had this clumsy sort of indecision of choice he called it like, not sure which way he was going. So you can kind of tell that it is very... He said it was very intentional that he wanted to try to pretend to make Charlie to be like very much like Buster Keaton. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, because he's, he's you know, he's not like the biggest actor that you'll ever meet. But I thought what he did for Charlie was perfect. Like, even though he's kind of dark because he's like fucking drinking all the time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah dude. He's like a fucking alcoholic. Like, calm down, dude. <laughs> Also, in uh, some of the new, some of the trivia that I got here is that the the Johnny Steele character that Ugg played, that Terrence Mann actually played uh, the role of, was one of the uh, bounty hunters. And originally, they wanted to have Billy Idol play him. Really, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that isn't that crazy? Would have been awesome. And yeah, there's no way he would have done that though. Dominic Muir was telling the story about it, and he said that the, the people that were in charge were like, "Yeah, but do you really want to deal with all of that?" Right. Like, he's kind of a pain to work with, I've heard, or something like that. Like, yeah, like, I do. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what you know what it was, but he said, do you really want to deal with that? But they ended up working out with uh, Terrence Mann, and I think it worked out pretty good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I, the song that he made for the movie. You, it probably would have been really bad acting from no offense from fucking... 
like him always doing the mouth thing, but they wanted a rocker, you know what I mean? Power of the night. Right. (laughs) The Kyoto brothers who did the, the, the creature effects and everything made them roll. That was their idea, but Dominic Muir was the reason that they looked the way that they did. So he had created the creatures long before he wrote the the art the movie. So he had an idea of what they looked like so that when he wrote the movie it would make sense. Mm. So he didn't have to go back and, you know, do it. Like but originally they, they Huh? I like that they roll. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool touch that the Kyoto brothers did, but they didn't even have arms. Yeah, they're like weird um, little tumbleweeds. Yeah, he said that they wanted to make them look like they were really friendly up close, but when they opened their mouth, it was just like nothing but rows of teeth. Yeah, right. accurate. So, uh, which I always thought was really cool. So, But they also made them run in the movie. They made it a point to make them run because one of them said that, you know, one of the things I didn't see in the Gremlins was I never saw one of them run. Like, you heard their footsteps and stuff like that, but you never saw them run, so they kind of had one run, which looks kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Well, some of those practical effects would work out very well, though. Oh, fuck yeah, they did, dude. The house that they made for the movie, which they blew up, like, insanely big, like, was one of the, like, one of the biggest fucking explosions I think I've ever seen. We'll get into that when we go through the thing, but um, that was, like, all, like, fake it was all fake house, but they they built everything without like a wall on one side. Yeah, there was a scene in the movie, by the way, guys. If you don't know this or don't have the Blu-rays or whatever, but there was a scene that a critter jumped into Billy's Billy Zane's character Steve's stomach, and it burrows inside of him. And it's supposed to. They were supposed to have it in there, but the MPAA cut it out. And they said that they shot like ridiculous, like nine hours of that scene and it ended up getting cut oh man Jeez. so it was just like this this like huge waste of but they were all into it like they all love practical effects and they really wanted to do it yeah so i i i saw some of it it doesn't i don't think it looks good because it was just like on set like somebody was using a vhs camcorder mm-hmm. like <laughs> or like a beta or some shit <laughs> the song power of the night that we keep talking about power of the night was actually written it was actually written by Richie Vetter. Terrence Mann, the actor who played Johnny Steele, helped him with the final product and he actually sang this song at a convention one time. Excellent. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he said it was like a highlight for him. Like That's he loved great. it. So That's pretty dope. But yeah, he helped him like write the song. I don't know if he sang it or not. It wasn't very clear. I'm assuming that he did. But speaking of the house again, I want to make, mention this. The very end house growing back together was a miniature, by the way. Oh shit, really? Yes. I just thought it was like reversed. Right. Like like the one that they exploded because the yeah. the house they blow up is pretty it's charred. Like there if there's anything left, I'd be surprised. But this was a miniature that they actually added and did in reverse. You know, it wasn't the same house that blew up, which, you know, fun story about that. They had an early pre-screening of the movie and a viewer was just talking about how they didn't like the original ending. So this was not in the original ending when they did a screener for it. What they did originally was just, you know, they go to the house, they show up. The house is fucked, obviously. Everybody gets in the cop car and drives off, and then you see the eggs. Oh. But in this one, they thought, like, one of the screener people were like, man, you know, 
I don't know if I like that ending. Maybe it'd be cool, like the, the fucking electronic thing that the fucking bounty hunters give Scott Grimes, if he pushed the button and it turned the house back, and the and the producer was like, "I like it," and added it in the movie. Yeah, I like that part too. I was gonna say, yeah, it looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm glad it, they did that. Right. What gives you a little bit of a happy ending? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better than the well, original. I think it's better than them just driving away. Yeah, that is kind of weird. It's yeah. kind of morbid. Sure. It's a weird sad. ending. Yeah. Like, oh, now my whole house is blown up. Like, it's kind of a I sour guess I'll note take my weird alien cell phone. On. Right. Yeah. That's what I felt too. I'd be like, I would be kind of annoyed if it's just like, I guess I'll take my weird alien cell phone with my now family that has no. What good is home. this for? Yeah, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> fuck like, you, Mr. Steel. I guess I'll keep it if uh, they decide to come back in the future, which they do three more fucking times, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Well, what the, other egg do you know that takes two years to fucking hatch? That's another thing. That's, yeah, that's We'll talk annoying. about that when we get into the second one, though, because I have opinions about that. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that I had for trivia, there was other stuff that we could talk about, but for the time's sake, I just, I, I, the only other thing was is that this movie didn't, it did, did okay in the theater. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like a big hit. Where it really found its home was in home video. Yeah, right. Because this was at that time. That's that shit still goes on now. Right. You know People I mean? took more it, of a it's chance. It's all based on the Blu-ray sales now. Well, yeah, but now, yeah, but back then that was a huge deal. Mm. Being able to own a movie or or well for like a eighty to a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, back in the VHS. Right, dude. Like that those stores would pay like eighty dollars or sometimes even two, three hundred dollars for a movie that came out and then they would, you know, make their money back by renting it out to numerous people. Well only that, but remember how long fucking Jurassic Park was in the theaters? It Dude, was for it a was really, really long time. A really time, long wasn't fucking it? time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a uh, that was an achievement in cinema. Oh, it yeah, really well, was. Yeah. So it's brilliant. <laughs> I love that fucking movie. So now we're gonna kind of like briefly break down most of the scenes uh, that that stood out for us, I guess, and uh, kind of go through it. We'll kind of you know we'll kind of run through it a little bit because we don't really have that much to make fun of in this movie. Yeah, but, it's but, definitely easier when there's movies that we make fun of, right? We can really break that shit down. Exactly. But to give you guys kind of an idea for those of you who really have already seen the movie and maybe just want a refresher from like idiots like us, <laughs> all you have to do is just put on the headphones. You ready? Let's get fucked. Um, <laughs> you ready to get fucked, you listener? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It's like subtly aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Microaggressions? You ready to get fucked, (laughs) listeners? At least he's asking if you're ready. Yeah, Yeah. that's better than just going and driving. Well, they can unplug anytime they want. You're not raw dogging us. I have no consent here. (laughs) So the the movie opens up to prison asteroid sector 17, and the Krites are imprisoned on this fucking asteroid that is being held by aliens and people who speak English, apparently. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the Krites escape. They call them Krites at this point in time because that's what they're called. That's their shorthand version of what they are. Yeah. It's only Brad who actually coins the term critters. critters. It always confused me, too. I was like, this is called critters, and I fucking call them Krites. Right. Well, Stupid. I like Krites. I like how they say it. Yeah. Let's kill Krites. Let's kill. 
Christ. I just, I just like how the hot naked joke says it in the second one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. I'm like, oh, shut up. But fast forward, you're on a farm in the country with Dee Wallace as the mom, a husband, and two kids. Brad, one of the kids, is running his thermometer under the hot water uh, to trick his mom at the breakfast table that he's got a fever and doesn't need to go to school. I got a little bit of a story on this because when I was a kid, I tried this. Yeah. Because I thought it was ingenious. Well, this is the same kind of trope they were using from... Uh E.T., right? Was it? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was the same kind of thing that that kid tried to do in that movie. But in this movie, she didn't buy it. In E.T., she bought it. Well, we got D. Wallace. We've got the stuffed animal from this movie that gets its head ripped off. Right. Oh, yeah. A lot of E.T. nods, so I wouldn't put it past them. But I remember as a kid, I tried to do this, but I couldn't time it right because, you know, once the thermometer's in your mouth, it goes to the temperature that it's at. Right. It doesn't stay hot or it burn your fucking mouth. You know what I mean? It quickly goes down to the temperature your body is, so it never worked for me. I tried it literally to get out of school, so it's kind of funny. Anyway, everybody in, is talking about Charlie, who works with his dad like the family is, and he's at the police station complaining about hearing things because of the fillings in his teeth are talking to him. And I think this is like a real story in real life, and I forgot to look it up because I was curious about it. You know what I mean? Do you remember ever hearing anything about somebody hearing, picking up radio signals from their teeth, their feelings? Yeah. That's like a common uh, alien like abduction type right. feeling. But I think there was like somebody that actually felt like they picked up a signal or something. You're probably right. It might be like some urban legend or something. Uh, it's probably more likely an urban legend. Yeah. Right? They go back to the space where these faceless bounty hunters who are scanning the planet earth they've been hired to capture the krites and get a bounty once with proof of their death and their extermination or whatever so they're they're scanning the info in each eye they have like a different like thing going on in each thing like a tiny monitor and it's just like flashing pictures almost like kind of reminds me of like lawnmower man when, oh, yeah, like, yeah. when he's like learning all that information mm-hmm like it kind of like they have each eye is like retaining all this information and that's not how the mind works right like it does but it doesn't like that <laughs> but they're aliens so they can do whatever the fuck they this want is the future you don't understand yeah. the future well they're <laughs> aliens we don't understand aliens either so don't judge them <laughs> the fuck do you think you are <laughs> but they're they're scanning the planet this is the first time that you actually hear power of the night that will play throughout the entire fucking movie by the way which is not a bad thing okay it's i love not. that song i love it too every time i hear it i always sing it so and you probably will too power of the night streets are calling <laughs> i don't remember the rest but that's all <laughs> <laughs> that's it i think i think that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's every verse of the fucking song right there copyright <laughs> but uh johnny Steele, he suddenly one of the bounty hunters faces starts melting like practical effects wise and turns into the singer from the music video uh which i thought was a pretty cool little effect there that yeah. they oh, did definitely if we were doing favorite scenes this this, footnote, one of them? this is one of them what about yeah, you that was cool i yeah. like that i like that also because it's like builds his face on top of um what whatever is like this ugly like paper mache kind of like mask thing that yeah. they're wearing whenever they're not that they put well, a glow effect on right but yeah it starts to come like it's like the blood and stuff comes in and then all the muscle and then the skin and everything. right it's cool they did a lot of reverse and like regular fast forwarding yeah 
You know what I mean? Like, but I, which I thought was really cool. That was like one of my favorite things. But pretty cool. It's an old trick, but it's a it's a good trick. I like it. Yeah, it feels still, real. People still use it. So then they fast forward. You know, you go back to Brad's sister is talking about her new boyfriend Steve. And, uh, you know, of course, Steve is Billy fucking Zane, uh, who stays for dinner, but he's coaxed out by Brad's sister. And I thought this was like a little funny thing when they're at the table, because he's like actually trying to impress her parents by like being interested. And he was like, well, honey, why don't you stay? And I thought you were going to come watch me play the championship bowling tonight. And he's like, Billy's like, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. She's like, nope, we're going out. Remember? And he's like, yeah, we're going out, I guess. (laughs) She tries to grab his dick under the table. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, like, but Christina liked that. She said that she liked it because it shows that the like prowess of women can be just as. Yeah. I like that, that whole reversal. Yeah, it's like cool. role reversal, sort of. Like she the takes charge. Stereotypical um, role reversal, I guess it would be, right? Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you normally see guys doing that, not not females in movies, especially at that time. But they pretend to leave, and they go out into the shed to fuck, or pretty much the just barn. grope. Yeah. Right? I think so. Mouse was making fun of that scene. It was hilarious. Why was, like, was he saying? Because she's taking charge of like the whole situation, obviously, and he's very hesitant. Right. And he's all, he's saving himself for Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, oh, Jesus. That's thanks, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's my second favorite scene, by the way. Hilarious. Is it? Yeah. Uh, the sex scene? Why? I just like the, I, the comment. I think I just like the way that it looks when the the critter bites through the radio and his fingers at the same time yeah oh yeah you know? yeah yeah do you know that they had to actually cut that scene down they took out six frames of the fingers getting cut off oh really because the mpaa didn't like they didn't mind the fingers getting taken off they just didn't want to show the six frames of it getting chomped off so it's like just a quick cut and, and that and actually worked a little bit better for me, actually, because I like how clean it was. It might have been even worse, like, if you think about it, if right. it was too long. Yeah. My favorite lines from the movie are in that scene, what, what, what? Which ones? <laughs> Where she goes, oh, I felt the earth move. When, like, the, the asteroid <laughs> yeah, did, lands baby. or whatever. And she's like, oh, I felt the earth move. And he's all, already? Wow. <laughs> and it's, like, so subtle. Yeah, so go make me a sandwich. And just completely, like, <laughs> it's, like, looked over, I feel like. Like, a lot of people miss that, because M- Mouse did. And he was I watching missed it. And I was laughing so fucking hard, and he's like, what is so funny? And I was like, did you not hear that? And I, like, had to rewind it, and he listens. He's like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, that's good. It's a good little, like, you know, dirty joke. Yeah, that was a kind of a cool, fun Basically. scene. it was cute. But that they're in that sh- that fucking barn for like four hours right dude like jesus would have been off like his dick must be fucking raw and bleeding or something (laughs) like that because he's got a boner rubbing up against his fucking jeans they were pretty like pretty i don't know if he had a boner dude he seemed pretty standoffish like she was saying yeah like she was raping him so right he was very like i don't know and then he gets into it (laughs) why would you want to fuck on straw anyway though or hey whatever that is that's what you do in the country man fuck on hey i just feel like that poking my lady bits and that'd be really uncomfortable <laughs> anyway after the big four hour dry hump scene or, or during the dry yeah, humping, that continues yeah it, dry, it goes on for a long sure time and i'm like jesus christ but uh you know i guess when you're a kid you know you're fucking horny as fuck so it's like yeah you know whatever i'll make out with you for like nine hours i guess i'm gonna <laughs> drop this in the trash i'm just gonna okay. put like critters two on and this like dry hump <laughs> 
repeat, repeat. <laughs> but anyway, during earlier on, Brad was, of course, making dynamite in his room. And, uh, you know, because that's what kids do. <laughs> they make fucking homemade dynamite. There's dynamite. no way there'd be a scene like that in a movie Not today. taking a shit. He's making actual dynamite. Yeah. Right. Oh. It's not a euphemism. Is that what you call it? No. I just like, that's probably what someone does. I don't and know. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he was playing with a slingshot earlier in the movie with Charlie and they like blew up some fucking toy with like a fucking what I thought was a cherry bomb or like a fucking what do they call them? M80s? M80s. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a homemade M80. And uh, and I guess Charlie like after that shot his sister in or no butt, yeah. Yeah, in the butt. But then fucking Brad takes the blame because right. he doesn't want to get Charlie in trouble and lose his job because his dad's a tight ass about everything he's like sister's like 16 and charlie's a grown man yeah (laughs) i mean that's part of it well he's a boy you see (laughs) (laughs) mentally he's got the the capacity of an (laughs) eight-year-old he can under he can understand and comprehend these complex situations that we're going through (laughs) they do show charlie after that heading home on the bike when the the plane or the the plane the spaceship fucking crashes and charlie sees the he's drinking hooch he's taking a break he's like oh well i'm driving home better take some hooch and drink it as he's on his bike right right but he's like sees the spaceship fly overhead which christina said that scene in particular looks a lot like the scene from back to the future because of the the grover's bend sign was right there and like she said it kind of reminded her of the first back to the future when he takes the thing into the barn or whatever or maybe it was part two no that's part one is it part one yeah well, no, I'm not talking about the barn. I'm just saying she might be thinking. She said it was from one of the Back to the Future movies. I just don't know which one she It's in. the first one because that's where he rolls the fucking DeLorean behind that sign. Felt good. <laughs> right. So maybe that's why it was very reminiscent. I don't think it's very similar, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. But Charlie, he panics and drops his hooch, breaks the bottle, and then they cut to Brad on the roof hiding from his dad, and he's like in a tree or some shit, and they both see the spaceship like flying and crash that literally shakes the entire house and like you mentioned Brittany fucking in the yeah, barn felt the earth move yeah. <laughs> already really already yeah, baby. <laughs> wow uh, but the spaceship lands and you hear the crates say food and and then they like attack a cow or some shit and Brad gets caught in a tree by his dad and he's like boy what you doing up there you know like he's like oh the earthquake it it knocked me out of the house and into the tree. Uh, you better stop fucking that. making up bullshit, son. <laughs> like, who the fuck would believe that? But I guess he's a kid, whatever. But they, the, him and his dad go over and uh, check out like where the crash land is, and he trips over the half-eaten cow or whatever, and that's when they're like, okay, well, I think that's enough. <laughs> like, you know, like, what? What? Let's, Why? Let's go well, he said, like, that's enough without my gun. That's about as far as I'm going to go without my gun or something is like that. Is that what he said? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, and then about this time is where you see the cop patrolling down the road and a crate rolls out in front of the cop's car, causing him to go off the road. And he uh, gets stung by one of the crate needles, a little fucking porcupine needle in the neck. And he's like, ah, or in the knee. Was it in the knee? Yeah. And it drops him to the ground because yeah. it was under the car. Right. Right. That's either his knee or his leg. So I was totally wrong because I thought Billy Zane was the first to go. No, it, it was the cop. cop. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, falls down, and then the crates drag him under the car. He, like, leans into the... And you just hear... Which fucking cracks me up, because he, like, launches himself underneath the car. Right, he's like, ah! (laughs) The actor, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) jeez. 
That was a fun point, though. No, it was. I was just like, the editing could have been a little better on that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, who does that? (laughs) All right, then. Well, Eat me, you little weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Later, they have a quick scare to the mom. She sees, like, red eyes in the window. And then the bounty hunters land on the planet in the woods because they've been chasing the Krites that escaped from planet asteroid sector 17. It's like an asteroid prison or something. Prison, yeah, Yeah. it was a prison. Uh, but one uh, one looks like Johnny Steele, who was in the Power of the Night video, and then the other one refuses to transform. He's just like the green blank head, and he says, nothing likes me, because apparently they need to find suitable like, like hosts, facades. Kind of, yeah. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting little like lore on the... I know. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Transformer already. Well, nothing likes me. I was like, what? <laughs> well, that's why I like part two, but I don't want to get into it because they do a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes no sense because how do you know Johnny still likes you? You know, you I guess they have. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. Like, that's why I didn't understand that. I mean, that's right. a good point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was like, okay, but for fucking holes. I'm sorry. What are you, one of those people that don't believe the Blair Witch is actually a witch? <laughs> are we going there? Yet? <laughs> I'm just not, kidding. Dude. I'm just Let's kidding. not open that box of crazy. <laughs> But anyway, so dad hears a noise and goes into the fruit cellar and gets jumped by a, uh, a you know, by a, a mouthful of teeth. Mouthful of flesh. <laughs> Either or. And fur. I mean, if you're opposite. But he gets beat a few times and then he bats him off with like a hammer. Apparently that got cut too, by the way. The hammer scene, the MPA didn't like because they hit him like 10 times. Mm. They're like, maybe if he doesn't hit him 15 times and just <laughs> just six. Three times is enough. Yeah, it's okay. like, because they thought it was a little too much. I think it's silly, but whatever. Like, you know, I'm sure they're like probably just stupid things. Like seeing the act of something yeah. is more detrimental than actually it falling off, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, they escape. The bounty hunters happen upon a, a, the dead cop, and one of the bounty hunter transforms into the dead cop, complete with like wounds and like that dead look of the cop. Yeah, which the you would have thought the cop would have been shredded, like to n- have no like the cow, right? Right, like the cow was fucking in half. You know what that that makeup kind of reminded me of? Did you ever watch Men in Black? Yes. Yeah, that's what oh. it reminds me of, too. The cockroach guy. I thought it was the same actor for a second. Me, too. I was like, the fuck? Well, no, that's, what's his name from Full Metal Jacket yeah. and The Cell? Yeah. 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 Oh, dude, he plays from such the a Men good in Black. Creep, yeah, dude. it's totally a different person. But, like, <laughs> for, like a, like, a minute there, I was like. Kind of reminds you of it. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Zane is a. Uh, Back at the shed or the barn, I should say. About to get it on, like the radio the starts. The, yeah, the radio starts. Uh, you know the frequency. Yeah, the frequency starts going in and out, and uh, he reaches up to adjust it and gets his fingers taken clean off by the critter. Right. And now I kind of want to see the scene that you were talking about, where they fucking go inside it's, his belly. It's. I can show it to you when we're done, but it's really not that. Like you just see, like they have like his this fake stomach and it's like carved out and they had like a critter on a stick that they were like rolling around in it. And I don't want to get too far into it, but it seemed like they tried to do that with the second one, but they didn't actually take it there. Right. Well, these are PG 13 movies, so they right, couldn't do right, it, you right. know, but yeah, he dies and the bounty hunters show up at the church event. Like they're driving the cop car at this point in time, which it's funny that they know how to like 
and like work the car because well, they didn't at first they drove backwards the whole time right yeah and then they slam into the front of the church uh the like front porch and uh they're like we're looking for christ like <laughs> I, just, I laughed at that point because it's like christ why first of all why is somebody at church at the a middle of the night of for a sermon yeah like it's really weird but they crash into it, and everybody's just like, what the fuck? The preacher is like, the county's going to pay for this, Jeff, because the bounty hunter looks like the cop, mm-hmm. right. whose name is Jeff, and he's pointing at the dead cop, looking at uh, looking at the bounty hunter, in which he transforms into the preacher and starts shooting everything, because they hear the old lady faints when he changes, and he falls on the organ, and he just shoots the organ, which I'm like, wait, where did the old lady go? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, did he blow her up? Like, no, she, did he just shred that old lady I with a gun? I think she shows back up in, like, the end when they leave the church. Okay, so she's not dead. Thank like, I think God. she moves out of the way or whatever. Whoever moves out of the way. It's a miracle. It is. She's dead now, but... <laughs> well, we hope so. Oh. Anyway, no. <laughs> so... Back on the farm, the family are trying to gather their shit to escape. They go to the truck. They find the whole interior torn to fucking shreds by the crates. And then they take off, I guess, for the sister's car that she parked next to the barn or whatever. They're locked out accidentally. And they, like, all run to the front door. But they showed, like, the latch closing somehow. Like, the floor latch, like, locks. And they can't get in. So then Brad shimmies up to the roof and lets them all in. He goes to the back door. Well, because the dad's, like, really hurt because he gets attacked again, right? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, then D. Wallace has to fight them off, and she's like about to bat them because she's out of ammo, and he doesn't have any on him or something, or they like try to load it or something. I can't remember. Yeah, he kind of like gets some out of his pocket, and she's trying to fucking load it while they're all right. And Brad likes he finally makes it through the house and lets them in, and then she points the gun out and points at and and one of the um, Kreitz is talking to the other one. He's like, "They got weapons," and the other's like, "So what?" And the mom points and shoots the shotgun at the one that said, so what? And it just explodes. And the other one's like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) It just like rolls off. It's like, oh my God. So funny. Oh, dude, that was like so great. Mm -hmm. Like for that, from even for a kid, like I was like, oh my God, they said fuck. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh fuck, they said fuck. I said it as an adult. I was like, Matt. I don't know. I just like that. I thought that was a fun little scene. It's a good scene. I like that scene. That apparently in the theater when they first showed that at the screenings, people just went wild. Oh yeah. Over that scene in particular and they were like, "Oh shit, we got to like add subtitles <laughs> to like these motherfuckers because they really get into it." That's when we go back to the bowling alley and Charlie's drunk talking about aliens again, of course, and uh, bounty hunters show up ripping the door off the front. Oh, side note, by the way, I love the fucking bowling league logo. Pin Yes. Yeah, it's almost like the Ghostbusters logo, but they're pins. Well, I, said, great. I, I spent like three minutes trying to like make like make up the name before we actually saw what they were called. So Mouse and I were just like bullshitting names for their fucking team. Pin Busters. But that's what it is, is Pin Busters. Yeah. I don't even remember what the fuck we were saying at this point. I should have wrote them down because they were pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like the shit we were like, You guys got really into making it. Making up. Yeah, because he couldn't, you saw the dad in the kitchen like prior to and I was like, the fuck is he wearing? A bowling shirt? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is a bowling shirt. <laughs> and then we started making up names for like what could possibly be the name of the league or what the team or whatever. Okay. In his league and then they finally show it's Pin Busters and I was like, oh, Oh, that wasn't even one we thought of. <laughs> a lot of people do point that out. I thought, I mean, it definitely it does look like Ghostbusters. It's oh, yeah. leaning the yeah. same way. The the arms are waving the same way. That was all around that time, though, I guess, yeah. you know. So I guess, you know. 
they wanted to do that. You got to market on what's hot, you know. Mm-hmm. But I love that the fucking bounty hunters are just like ripping everything apart, like ripping the front off, the front door <laughs> off the door, and I'm like, <laughs> like it's nothing. Like they're like these super extremely powerful guys. It's like what the fuck? And then like Johnny Hunter uh, or Johnny Steele, the hunter, I should say, sees a ball and he chucks it at the pens and it, it explodes them. And like one of the patrons is like, "Holy shit!" And the other patron's like. I wonder what team he's on. <laughs> Which team's he on? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but they go to the bar where Charlie is, and they say, we want the Kreitz. Like, they're holding them hostage or something. Like, yeah. calm the fuck down. If they were here, everybody be dead. You already know that. So right. why are you so stupid? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. That's why they're, like, searching in places that you know they're not at. Right. It's just, I think it's just to add camaraderie. Well, that is just to add to the story, I think, too. Right. I think it's funny little moments because they even like the in the bar, the the priest bounty hunter is like, put, you better keep your shirt on to to the like guy that's like trying to talk shit to him and then changes into Charlie and then the TV makes a noise and they shoot it up and then everybody starts scattering out of the bowling alley. It's like, Jesus Christ, these guys are pretty dumb for fucking, for like such (laughs) smart guys. Noises. (laughs) <laughs> loud noises <laughs> like why would they just like I, don't, I just think it's funny that they're asking for the crates like if they're there and they're that scary that you would shoot a television or anything for that matter and people rip aren't doors trying up. to bogart the cr- the crates right, right? like We're not hiding the crates <laughs> you want the crates take the crates anyway you know the family gets chased up to the second floor and this is where you see like Brad like sets the carpet on fire or whatever and one of the crites like jumps into the toilet apparently some people think that's a nod to, to like ghoulies yeah. yeah i don't know that that's what they were trying to do like cuz yeah, I, mean, I don't even know if that ghoulies 2 came out although ghoulies did scare me about the toilet dude oh of course yeah, yeah. everybody did but the family, like, they fight it off, and they it goes in the toilet or something like that to, like, get the fire off of it. They said that was a really difficult scene to do, and they really wanted it to be on fire, but they were like, these are, like, really expensive. <laughs> or something like that. The Kyoto brothers said that or whatever about the, the, the critter going in the toilet. But um, Brad decides to leave the house to get help with his bike. This is the part I was talking about. And... Uh, one of the large crites is actually the critters, he calls them, uh, chases him into the hen house, and then the big one gets even bigger. And this is the first time you hear Brad say, oh, my God, they're growing, which apparently they don't allude to in part two. But I do remember them saying about the growing thing in, in part two. Right. Well, the only one that that's big was in the second one, but we won't get into that because it's a, a Right. But they, yeah, they do get big in this one, so it's kind of interesting, because I know John Hale was pointing that out. He was like, this is like one of the only movies that they allude to the fact that they get bigger as they eat, which I think would have been a, a kind of an interesting dynamic, but where do you stop? Right. Until right. <laughs> they're like 15 fucking stories high? That would have been cool, though. Ah, uh, that would have been like a 90s, like, Godzilla Gojira. fucking suit. <laughs> <laughs> Will they call the Power Rangers in? Yes. <laughs> go, go, Power Rangers. The next scene that, that I thought of that I wanted to bring up is that the Gremlins, uh, well, it's kind of like a Gremlins uh, uh, nod, I guess. 
because there's a scene of all the critters like kind of wreaking havoc on the whole fucking house, eating goldfish, uh, talking to the stuffed animal toy of E.T. and rip- ripping its head off. And what, then, do you remember what he said to E.T. real quick? Because I, I, was I like, don't remember. What was it? Doesn't he ask him like who he is or where he's there from? There we go. Like that. That's exactly yeah, like, who are you? Alien. And he doesn't respond, so he just rips its he head did. off. <laughs> I, I just thought it was kind of weird. It kind of reminded me of Gremlins, you know, ding, 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 when they're like fucking like tearing everything up. But yeah, then they have the 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 big one that's kind of like looming around the house, you know. Uh, outside, as, yeah. Yeah, it's like getting really big. Brad gets to the road and bumps into the bounty hunters looking for the Kreitz, and they head to the house and blow like a cartoonish size hole in the sides of the front of the house, you know what I mean? And the Kreitz flee, and the bounty hunter goes upstairs. It's a part that I remember. And they're like trying to fight the Kreitz or whatever, and he, they're like, look up behind you, it's a Kreitz. And then the, the lid comes up a little bit, and he puts the... The thing on it lifts it up, and you see it trying to, like, get away. Like, its little legs are kicking. And it just blows the whole fucking toilet yeah. away. <laughs> they said that that scene, that Terrence Mann wanted to do that scene himself. He was like, oh, I can do that. Just, you know, set it off. And they were like, no, 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 no. We don't think you should do it. Apparently, the guy who shot that toilet, they, like, did it all right there, and that was a real toilet, actually had facial fucked up damage. Oh, from shrapnel. From oh, shrapnel wow. from the toilet. So he was like kind of glad that he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, fuck, man. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, he's like, I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, this is where they show the big one that, that kind of attacks Brad and jumps out of a window from uh, the bounty hunters and drags his sister off into the woods to the spaceship or whatever. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. They like drag her off and then they don't know what. Like, why wouldn't they just eat her? Yeah. I'm like, they were kind of. Actually, if you watch him when he's dragging her through the forest, the other ones are feeding on her. Oh, so she does have like marks on her or whatever. But yeah, she's one's like, like in feeding there. on her shoulder. And what it is about the well, shoulder? We, they really like going for the shoulder. I think it's the neck thing, I guess. Maybe. What do you think? Yeah, it's usually like right here. Yeah. Well, that makes sense if that's where your biggest veins are, because it's usually the shoulder or your inner thigh. Anywhere you're looking at them, they're like trying to attack that area, I guess. I don't fucking know. Anyway, they're smart. They're not just blind. We talked about this. So they're just stupid creatures. Uh, So they don't have to always eat, but they do have an appetite. But Brad bumps into real Charlie, uh, and they go to the spaceship to rescue his sister. And Brad pulls out of the mega stick of dynamite that he's been prepping up in his room for fucking days. <laughs> and uh, he drops it accidentally, and they flee the ship because they go into the ship, and they see these critters talking. And then the big one tries to attack them or whatever, and they try to get out. And he drops it, and they're like, fuck! And Charlie decides that he will fashion a Molotov cocktail out of his fucking alcohol from his pocket and chucks it in and hopefully lighting the dynamite in there and he does of course and it, it makes it in but before the before it blows up the ship shoots their house in one of literally the most extreme i think one of the best explosions of a house i've ever seen good. yeah it was pretty good like dude like that looked like way too much like I've never seen a house blow up like that, and I watched Invasion USA, which they just blew the fuck out of these well, houses. Well, maybe it was like one of those things where they had all this stockpile of shit they were going to use for the filming, and they're like, you know, we didn't really do that many explosion scenes, so let's just throw it in one scene. Fuck <laughs> all the dynamite. Yeah, let's put it all in there. All of it, dude. That dynamite, the, like the, the the explosion was just insane. Oh, it's fucking huge. <laughs> but but then they blow up the house. But then it's like they're like, uh oh. 
<laughs> and then the fucking ship blows up and it's like boom but then uh i don't know i just thought it was kind of funny but you know the bounty hunters leave and give brad a device and they say call me <laughs> which is like this is long before cell phones by the way right so you can imagine this is smaller than cell phones are too we're, we went to small and then we're getting big again <laughs> but uh you see the the uh, you know a few hours later I guess it's lighter out the family goes back to their broken home and the completely destroyed home and the device starts beeping and Brad hits the button and it makes the house go back together like we talked about which is my third favorite scene. Oh it is. Okay, go ahead. I love this the part where it starts coming together and like the cats just sit there chilling and all of a sudden it gets dragged off. Yeah, it gets dragged and you can <laughs> see it. I know. Like, no, and then it's in the mailbox and the fucking flag goes up. Yeah. It like somehow ends up in the mailbox. I was like, why? It's silly. It's like, happy day. And then the, <laughs> the camera zooms in and you see the eggs knowing that there might be a sequel. Even and, though- and, and it's, a, it's a fitting ending, like I was saying, because it's such a lighthearted movie that it needed a some kind of a uplifting ending to it well I, yeah i think it was definitely good enough that i wanted to see i would have wanted to see a sequel and i think that's why people sort of wanted it but we'll get into that more when we talk about part two right so all right so the second movie we did was obviously critters 2 the main course which came out in 1988 um eggs of the small furry alien carnivores are left behind on earth and after hatching again set their appetites on the town of Grover's Bend. Oh yeah. They're back. And and eggs. And took two years to yeah, hatch. Yeah, took two years to hatch. <laughs> Which I don't understand. That's fine. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense and they make a big thing about it. Like the heat is what makes them hatch. I guess. Like so it wasn't hot enough in heat? that country ass town. Right. Yeah. Like it wasn't where where was it? What did it take? They place? were in the barn too, the, the eggs. Like two years worth of country it's heat. It's not like it's not like Canada. And even Canada gets warm enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. What are they in Alaska? Like I don't fucking no. know. That's so stupid. <laughs> anyway. So um, stupid. So this is directed by Mick Garris, who also did Sleepwalkers, Riding the Bullet, and all the TV short documentaries for The Howling, Chilling Tale, The Thing, and The Goonies. Written by Mick Garris as well, and David Toy, who also wrote The Fugitive, Waterworld, Chronicles of Riddick, Below, The Arrival. This has a couple of recurring characters, uh, Scott Grimes, Lynn Shea, Terrence Mann, and Don Opper return us for this, return to us. <laughs> for part two yeah. of this Come franchise. Uh, it also has Leanne Curtis, who plays Megan, who is in some movies called Girlfriend from Hell, Body High, and she's also in 16 Candles. Okay. It also has Sam Anderson, who plays Mr. Morgan, who was another character from ER. He was also in Lost and then Ouija Origin of Evil. Yes. It okay, also, but Lynn Shea was in too. Which Yeah, Lynn Shea's in also. Huh. Um, it also has Tom Hodges, who plays Wesley who was in Steel Magnolias, Heavyweights, a movie called Homo Erectus, which I don't know what the fuck that is, but I need to know it's now. Like the caveman movie? Steel Man- Magnolias, dude. Oh, uh, my God. It's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's also in Revenge of the Nerds 2 and another movie called The Baby Doll Murders. Also has uh, Herta Ware, who plays Nana. Um, Nana! Who's in Species, Practical Magic, Cruel Intentions, Cocoon, and a lot of other movies Wait, who'd she as well. play in Species? I don't know who she played in Species. She's probably a fucking old lady. She's always credited as like old lady this or like <laughs> old lady number two, grandma, someone yeah. else. Like, the fuck, eating um, prunes. <laughs> I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Bitch here. warmer. Like, basically, you know? hang on. I'm gonna tell you right now though. <laughs> I want to know who she plays in that. But like everyone, every other movie, it's like grandma. 
Well, we did we did species, Nana. didn't we? We did the whole series of species. Well, and and I have to say, like, what a hot grandma, huh? Right, oh, right. <laughs> oh, I don't know about all that. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's Mrs. Morris in Species. Okay. But yeah, like, old lady Wilkins, <laughs> Grammy, <laughs> like, in other movies, like, Practical Magic, she's like, old lady something. Practical she's like that one old person that tells you not to do something. Is Practical <laughs> Magic that movie with fucking, what's his name from fucking Remo Williams? It's Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. Oh, that one. Okay, never mind. Oh, that piece of trash. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, so I'm just talking shit. It's yeah. not as good as, like, the, you know, all the other, like, witch movies. What but... a fucking dildo this guy is. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, what did you think of this movie, Patrick? Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Dildo. It's your moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like this movie. Like I said, it's the first Critters that I, I actually remembered the whole movie, like from front to end. So like, it's from just nostalgic from front to end, but maybe. To front. Yeah, baby. I love Critters too. I love how crazy it goes. It just goes there, you know. It doesn't care. Okay. It's not trying to take itself serious. It's just I don't know if it is. Like I thought it was kind of like really tongue in cheek silliness, really. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not trying to take itself seriously. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said it is. No, 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 no. And that's what I enjoy about the you know me. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, so does Christina. She loves that shit too, and Brittany does. So it to me it was good and uh it definitely felt almost like a uh I say this a lot, I mean, I noticed, but uh like a um what am I think uh trauma film. Trauma, okay. It, it just, really? It, it, you think it's that 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 deep? Especially when they bring out uh I don't want to get too deep into the story plot, but the nerdy guy that the what's his name lead transforms into. Oh, okay, he seems okay. like a trauma I can character. Totally, I see what you mean. True no. and true. You there know? is like elements of it, yes. Yeah, okay. There's just elements that are this bleed trauma for me. Okay. But yeah, all in all it was a great film and I'll probably watch it again this year. Yeah, really this year already. Yeah, probably. You know, it's funny because a lot of people aren't big fans of this one. They think it's, like, too silly. But for me, I, I feel like it's, for the most part, pretty seamless to the first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is definitely in the sillier category. And the practical effects, I mean, fuck. Yeah, well, they, def- they definitely amped it up and did some pretty unique things. Mm-hmm. The Kyoto Brothers uh, are back, sorry. and they did some really fucking cool things. No, it's cool if you burp, Brittany. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know why I'm it, apologizing. Yeah, give him a good push. Why does it mean mm. to, like, cut you, I cut you off with my burp? So that's why, I was, that's why I said sorry. I was like, wait, I don't care. <laughs> this chick right but, here. But personally, you know, aside from the silly humor and, like, the gigantic critter part in it that I won't spoil uh, for you latecomers, because, you know, for those of you who are old as fuck like us, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? Old as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys remember the dinosaurs, you remember when this movie came out. So, but, but (laughs) yes, it is a little over the top, you know, with its moments, but I really feel like it was a good sequel for the (laughs) franchise and it ups the creative effects. Like you said, Patrick, because I think the Kyoto brothers are really, they really shine in, the moment when they have to come up with something on a quick. Right. It's on the fly. That's what yeah. Like they're really, really crafty like that. And I would love to have them on the show sometime, at least one of them or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or meet them at a fucking convention or something like that. But it definitely ups the creative effects for this movie. It has some of the cast return, like you said. Um, I thought, you know, it was good to see Scott Grimes back because I feel like he's a big part of the Critters franchise in a lot of ways, even though he never really returns after this. 
spoiler alert, <laughs> but Charlie's back, which is a great addition. He's like probably more the heart of, uh, I think, Critters in general, just because of his character, which I think is one of the best characters in the in the, both of these movies. Although I feel like Charlie got a little overshadowed by some other stuff in this one. But I'm not sure why yeah. they didn't want to risk it for the biscuit this time and amp up the gore and make it an R rating. But, you know, it is only three years well, later. I feel like they did a little bit, though. They did. They got away with a lot more just because of the MPA rating system. But I do feel like they wanted to kind of keep it in that same fandom. Like yeah. the people who enjoyed the first one, it's only three years later. So the ones that watch that one are probably going to come back. So... They didn't want to push it too far because, like, if 13-year-olds were enjoying it, yeah, 16-year-olds would have. But what if, like, 10-year-olds were watching it? Right. Their parents might not have wanted them to see it. And to be honest, it really does push it, uh, especially for, like, a nude scene <laughs> in this oh, movie, dude. which I thought was, like, how the fuck did they get away with that? For real. Dude, like, what was it, three times? I don't... There's there's quite a few, but I, I don't know how they did it. But honestly, if you're a fan of the first one... I, I think that you will be a fan of this one. I know that there are some of my friends that are like, think the first one's the only good one and the rest suck. But I'm a fan of both. I I, I remember, like you, Patrick, it more fondly a little bit because I think it was more current because like I was a latecomer to the first Critters. Right. And the second one is what like really reeled me in. But it has a lot of the same elements working for it. And it's not that far off tonally, I think, than the first it seems like a natural progression in some of the silliness, I guess, you know, because it is silly to see these fucking puppets like attacking people. Come on. The characters I thought were just as strong and, you know, maybe they weren't perfect all the time, but I think like some of the humor that they did and some of the stuff they did with the bounty hunters in this was really cool. And for Mick, this is Mick Garris's first feature film, by the way. Yeah. So uh, he, like, we'll get into some of the trivia about this later, but let's just say, I think he did a good job. And oh, definitely, definitely. I don't, I don't think, he, I think he hit the mark. I just don't know that people were willing to be into a Critters 2 movie. But, and, and the sequels get a lot worse. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. they usually do. I haven't seen part three in like a long time, so I can't confirm if that one's like crap, but I know part four gets really, Is really it as wild. Bad as the Warlock part four? No. No, that one's terrible. You mean part three. Oh, is it three? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one's terrible. I remember what I skimmed out of that one because <laughs> I didn't watch it. That was the one that I didn't No, watch. it's nowhere. I guarantee you that the fucking Critters in Space, Critters is, 4, is better than fucking yeah, Howling 4 there, or think, 7. I don't think I've ever seen anything as bad as Howling 4 and 7. <laughs> oh, you should watch that Warlock movie then. Oh, okay. No, dude. Trust me. The Warlock 3 is better than probably 4 and 7 of Howling. Oh really? Like Fuck. did you? Shit's awful. Well, if you remember, I didn't actually watch Warlock three. <laughs> oh, that's right. You... Oh, you're confessing to it. Now. Yeah, yeah, I got out of that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Brittany, what? what did you think? I want to know what your feelings on this one. Did you like it better than the first one? No. No. I liked the first. I thought one it was better. worse. I didn't think it was worse. I just I didn't like it as much as the first one. Okay. Um, I enjoyed the first one more. I feel like I, it was just a better story, more consistent for me. Okay. No, so, that's fair. I, I, <laughs> I, I hate you, but... I want to rip your face off and wear it like a hat, but yeah. continue. I don't know. Like, this one was... I mean, it's fun and it's silly, but it... I okay. I, I felt like... It was too much? It was bit, just too much? A little bit too much, yeah. Okay. 
I don't I don't know. I, I felt like it was just a little bit too all like all over the place. Okay. For me. So, and What do you think was missing from it? Do you think it was the characters? Do you think it was the kills? Do you think, I think like probably I would say like the characters. I felt I didn't feel as connected to them as I did in the first one. Okay. Um, which is funny because there's a lot of like recurring characters, which I feel like the recurring characters were all fine. It was just like all the newer elements. So like the character of like Wesley and then the um what's her name? Megan. Like I didn't like the new girl her yeah. like, at all. Well, they wanted to have a love interest, so they yeah, had to well, add her. Yeah, and I her. get it, but I was just, I don't know. I didn't feel like she sold it really okay. well. I thought me, she was cool. She was I thought she was right, like kind of like the cool, like, yeah. badass girl. I thought girl. she was all right for who she was, but they kind of just kept her in the background. They yeah. didn't push her to the forefront at all. Fair enough. Yeah, she was just kind of, she was like there towards the end, but that's really the only time she like mattered. Okay. Sort of. Okay. I don't know. It was it's silly and it's fun, so I mean you can't really hate on it. I don't think you can hate on either of these movies too much because they're not, you know, they're, they they know what they are. If you're taking it <laughs> like, serious, then yeah, like you're you can't take them the seriously. Movie. Like you, they know exactly what they are when they made these movies. They're not trying to make these fucking blockbuster hits. Like right, well they knew these that it was incredible cheese. horror films. You know yeah. what I mean? But like they're nowhere near as stupid and cheesy as like trauma films. Yeah, you know, or even as the the other one. Well, you um, gave the first one a 6.5. What would you give this, this one? This one I would probably like a 5. Really? Yeah, I didn't okay. hate it by any means. But See, now this one I would go higher. I would give it an 8. Yeah. Which, really? And yeah. I, I get where you guys are coming from with how you've explained like your attraction to this one over the other. Or like nostalgia feelings, I guess. Especially because you were older when you saw the second one. So you're going to remember it a little bit differently than when you saw the like the first one. Right. Which makes sense. So. Well, I don't know. Because I think he might have seen the second one first. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely saw backwards. the second one first, and 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 a lot of that humor was in the main vein of like the media when I was a kid, like you know, it was like the, the Briscoe County Kid and Xena, even the and, Full Moon movies, and right, yeah. it was just this. It felt normal to me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it was fine. Like that makes sense. I mean, I saw Critters for the first time like ten or eleven, and that was it though. I never saw the second one until literally yesterday. So really, yeah. okay, wow. well that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even know it went further on so yeah. <laughs> the same with the howling i didn't know it went, i didn't know it went past number one so i was like <laughs> fuck man and here i go i watched eight of them and i wanted to kill myself i won't be here for next week's episode four through seven <laughs> yeah we it's, basically it's, it's, it's we've been traumatized guys by the howling franchise yeah i don't think anything's gonna be worse than that <laughs> did you say traumatized traumatized, no, traumatized. oh Yes, but f- clever. Yeah, but I feel like that. So that's probably why I view it differently. I think is because I just saw it for the first time okay. now at the age of twenty eight. So I'm just kind of like, eh, that's stupid, right? But not fun, stupid. Like trauma movies are fun, stupid, right? You know what I mean? Like there's a different vein for right. those. Um, and then they're gory as fuck, right? Typically, like this one has its moments of where there's like gore elements to it, which I appreciated more. Yeah, there's also a great pair of tits in this movie, which I also oh, was a fan of. Um, <laughs> Super fan because I love boobs, but at the same time, I was like, who doesn't like boobs? Even I was like, they women better like boob. Do you hear this? Yeah, women and gay men all love titties. Like we <laughs> love titties; they're great. But I was like, they better change her fucking outfit. Like, because right. when she goes walking off into, like, the field. You're like, there's no way. It'd be great got, if she showed up at the burger shack, just, yeah. like, tits out and She everything. literally <laughs> has a strap of fucking leather up her ass. Right. And I'm like, that is not going to be comfortable in your cooch. You can't be comfortable <laughs> oh, in your man. butt. Like, please let her fucking change. And then they do. They put her in a different outfit, and I loved it, too. The outfit was cute. It's the 80s, though. You know. I know. And it was everything so, like, Barbarella, like, kind of, right. like... You know, like that kind of feel to it, which I really liked. So I don't know. She was she was a cool character. She was annoying when she spoke, but right. 
So I sound like such a dude when I say that. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm sorry, but she had like two lines in the one line, but it was the same line repeated. Like right. Christ, Christ. That's all she said. And I wish they would have given her more lines, but maybe they did that specifically because I don't know. I I totally see your point, and I could see that other people would do it. I have no argument with that. But for me, it just it just felt like it showed more. Like when I was a kid, like seeing sequels wasn't a bad thing to me. No, like, yeah, it was just adding more onto and, your and, favorite and stories. And it might have been because I was a little late to some of you know some of the movies. I just wanted to be in that world again. Yeah. So in my mind, like seeing more of the bounty hunters and them changing into different characters was really amazing. And there's yeah, one scene that, was cool. that I had a fucking fan boner like a motherfucker for. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but it just. There was so much creativity in that movie, in part two, that I think it gets such a bad rap. And, and by it, the way, I know what scene you're talking about. You don't even need to tell me. Yeah, yeah. I know you how don't, your don't brain mention works, it. Yeah, I can. Because I, I got a whole thing. Even before on you it. get it, just let me guess what it is before you start talking about it. Well, so I guarantee we'll I'll cut it out. What? Okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> well, then, you can just tell me if you have I was right or not. I don't think you're lying. But anyway. I, I think there is uh, there's a quite a bit of trivia on this. First of all, they shot this movie in Santa Clarita in the winter. By the way, winter. So those nude scenes, yeah, really cold for her. Natural oh yeah. Hard nipples. Well, that's yeah. they said it was like three fucking degrees. Well, that's what you want in Santa Clarita? Yeah, that's you what want... I said. I was like, wait, what? Well, you won't be able to cut glass with them, bad, I guess. So, well, they said they shot it in forty days in Santa Clarita in the winter, right? And they finished right before Christmas. Mm. And they had like songs that they were singing Christmas carols uh, at the end of it because it was just like on this fake set and everything that they built. By the way, guys, you, if you if you don't want anything spoiled, we're getting into the spoilers right now, so just a forewarning. But um, they built the entire town. Yeah, that's. I figured they did. They had some stuff there, but they built on it. They even built the Kyoto's shop in the in one of the. I think it was the general store or something that they just created all the creatures and shit on the fly there a lot of the time so they were just busy back there working when they were shooting and stuff that's cool i thought it was kind of interesting you know like they yeah. built this whole little fucking town the church everything yeah was built it all felt like it feels like that to me every time they show the town Right. I feel like they built the set specifically for this movie. Like it feels like one of those old timey like where it's just the front right. half of the building. There's one no of those substance lost that towns. goes to it. Yeah. yeah, well they literally just built the front part to go over other pieces to change the scenery of the setting. Right. Like, it's cool though. I thought yeah. it, they said that that um this was double the budget than the first one. Like Mick Garris said it was like four million. But he said that Which I can kind of see, but at the same time I'm like, where'd all the money go? I'm like, oh building the, the money. Building well, the town, I guess. They yeah. said that they 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 knew how to stretch a dollar, like or a nickel is what they said. They knew how to make it work. And they spent a lot of that budget on the fucking on building the entire town and the yeah. creature effects and all this other shit. Sense. Like they some use of the local locals as well as No, 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 no. It's no howling seven. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Bingo. a good one. For you guys that know what we're talking about, uh, yeah, whoever actually like watched or followed along with that episode, they said they, um, like I said, it was it was a budget of twice as much as the first one, but it apparently got its big push in uh, by home media. The first one was as well, and they actually had invested in the movie the first time around, and they also invested in, in home media entertainment to because they made bank on the first movie 
because of the home video sales that they were making from all the rental places yeah. and everything. So they had stock in that one and this one, and they greenlit this movie uh, to make it happen. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Now, David, the writer for this film, was asked to make changes, and he said there doesn't need. He he's, he said there doesn't need to be any changes. <laughs> They're like, well, we need to change this, 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 and this. He's like, no, there's no changes needed. Thank you. We good. We good. <laughs> <laughs> Leave. <laughs> like I said, this was Mick Garris's first feature film, and he had, of course, written a few things before this, but he had off- he had many other offers to previous movies before this movie, and he was holding out for a movie that would, you know, give him something that would be like somewhat special effects, stunts, and like. All this stuff. He said that this movie had everything. Like stunts, practical effects, like everything. And he was like, fuck, this is the movie. This is the one. Like, this is going to be my movie. You know what I mean? And, um... But yeah, it didn't. It didn't do well. <laughs> it, it it flopped essentially, and uh, he was not too proud about that. I and, think uh, what was his name again? Roger Ebert. This is like one of his worst films. Like it's on his worst list. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. That's stupid. It is. It really is. <laughs> I was like, if you can't find like, any kind of fun in this yeah, movie. Have you seen The Howling 7, you motherfucker? <laughs> That's probably fucking on there. Like, if it's not, then he hasn't seen it. But, oh, God. Yeah, because he has, like, a list. I don't know how many he are had, on it. He hadn't seen it because I don't think oh, he's... Oh, is he dead? I think so. Oh, whatever. But yeah, Cisco he, might be alive, but I had think... A, yeah. He had a list. Um, I don't know how many movies are on it or whatever, but yeah, he has a worst cinema list. And this is definitely on there. Yeah, but there's some that are on that like, list that I don't I'm, agree with. It, agreed. And I've yeah. seen some of them because he had the many books. He hates, and I'm like, how do you fucking hate this? Like, yeah. there's so many movies that like Roger and Ebert or whatever of like Siskel uh, and Ebert. Isn't it? That yeah. it was Roger. Yeah, Siskel and Ebert was the oh, two right. thumbs up. Well, Robert Ebert. That's his. name. Is that his actual name? That's his. Yeah. Full oh, name. why did I think it was two different people? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just because I think of the Muppets every time, like the little fucking. You talk about the old men puppets always like gripe during yes. the opera. Yeah, I, I wonder if that is like a nod. I'm pretty sure it might is. be. I but think no. it is because they were like great movies and shit too, don't they? Like, isn't that part of what? They well, there's do? a whole documentary on uh, Siskel and Ebert. That's who they remind me. Oh, of. It's really? really interesting, but but anyway, they're always like they always hate movies. They like. We digress. <laughs> Dee Wallace was not asked to come back to this movie. By the way, she was never written into the second one. Yeah, the parents in April. They probably part couldn't of it. afford her. To be probably quite not. honest. No, she's <laughs> pretty she workable. Did she, she do ET? She did ET already, though. Yeah, she had already done. So they thought it was a big score for her. It is a big that, score for the first for movie. The first yeah. One. There were a lot of big people, but they weren't all big people yet. She said she would have done it, and there was like rumor that that she might have been written in, but they didn't ask her to come back. But she said, "No, I never got a call." For anything, so. Well, hopefully, if they ever do another Critters movie, they don't do it like they did that one movie we went to go see. Um, well, they got the new binge TV show coming out. It's called Critters and the New Binge. Oh, really? Yes. Cute. And they even showed the ball. Oh, oh yeah. They have a ball. I love the Critter ball. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so not cute. as big as the other one. I, I got a story on that too. It's so cute, though. I loved it. But it yeah, it's a ball of fuffy things. <laughs> I it's, can't remember the name of that fucking movie. Now. No, good, good, good job, Patrick. I know. Good point. <laughs> What a jerk. Excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Have another beer, Patrick. Indeed. Yeah, just kidding. I think <laughs> the sheriff from the first movie, Emmett Walsh, they wanted to have back, but he didn't want to do the second one, so they had Barry Corbin do the he part. Old. Which I think he made a better sheriff. Dude, Corbin was badass. I liked him better. Right. He's more believable. I like that yeah. other guy's so fucking old. I like both of them as an actor, but I think 
that the way um, that Emmett Walsh played it was a little too bumbly. Yeah. Whereas Corbin did it in a more like badass way. Yeah. He's too old man. Like every time he, right. every, everything he does, it's like you know how old he is, and there's like, how the fuck is he the sheriff of this entire town? Yeah, I definitely he can't agree get with anywhere you guys. Quickly. Like, yeah, it definitely had more of a like a, a Night of the Creeps kind it, of vibe yeah. to it, right? It, well, he's not Tom Atkins. No, so. not by I'm any not, means, but he has more yeah. of that badassery than the original. Yeah, uh, Mick Garris put his wife Cynthia in the movie. Uh, which she apparently wanted to be in this movie like in the worst way possible, quote unquote. So they put her in, quote unquote, the worst role possible, quote unquote. It's, uh, it's funny because like I'm hearing this, they're telling it, I'm like, wait, which role? Do you know which role she did? Like think of just any side character, anything in that movie that might have been like weird. Not just like a human being. I'll give you that much. Is she the alien? In the very beginning. The, that gives him the, the mission. The big head alien? Yes. Yeah, that gives him the mission, right? Yeah. That alien was cool as fuck, though. Right. Well, here's the funny What's thing. What's the alien's name? It like, looked like Claymation, uh, did it not? I don't bit, remember. Yeah. I don't remember the name, but they... Uh, that's his wife. <laughs> she wanted to be in it. I could he never was like, look at her the same after that. And he that's was hilarious. like, I will put her in it. And she had apparently a that really... That is a full prosthetic. Right. Like, she had a really thin neck. So they were like, ooh, we're going to accent this and make her head really big. They strapped her arms to her side. Mm-hmm. And body. so she couldn't even like move her arms. And she was in it for like nine hours. It's awesome. Oh, man. And they literally used like 20 seconds of footage. I yeah. think it was like more like two minutes, but yeah, well, might building, as well have been. Building those prop pieces takes for fucking ever. And just the application alone is ours. So yeah. like putting it putting it on them and they would have done things a lot differently then too than how we have it now. It's right. like fast tracked. But getting her in everything and positioned correctly and then they gotta paint it. Yeah. On top of actually putting it on her, hopeful hopefully she doesn't have to go to the bathroom. Probably like six to eight hours worth of mu- like makeup and prosthetic work. She well they said it was about alone. nine hours. Yeah, and then it takes probably two hours for the little bit for them to get her filming it yeah and then, so that's nine hours worth of fucking right. work but the funny thing you know the crazy <laughs> thing is, is she's actually claustrophobic oh Ooh. god so wait, wait, wait so and they put her in that with her arms like i said strapped to the sides and they had a body on top of her body on top of another body so she was like packed in there it says <laughs> it says she was in it for eight hours excuse me like a vienna sausage and, baby and, and she actually had to take a volume to get through it Ooh. Yeah, because Which she makes was, sense if you're super she was panicking. Yeah, she was like, "Please, can I? Can it, can we? Are we done yet? Are we? Are we? You know?" And like Mick Garris is kind of laughing about it. I'm like, "This kind of sadistic, a little bit. Like, what are you doing? Remember that time you burnt the meatloaf, bitch? <laughs> Get in a fucking alien." Another little fun little tidbit, by the way, is that the Kyoto Brothers made Killer Clowns from Outer Space between the first critters and the second critters. Have we done that movie, by the way? Uh, I think Patrick and or me and Mike did, but we didn't do things as in depth as we used oh, to. We should do it. I love that movie. Oh, it's great. I don't know if because the, they're doing a remake, reboot, or pre. What are they doing with? I, the, I would rather do it then. I agree. Cool. So then we'll do them together. Right. All right. So, but they. I thought it was really cool that they were all about doing the second one of this. So a lot of people say that they're the fathers, like I said, of the critters because of all the work that they put into actually using. In fact, the first movie, they used moose hair 
because they wanted to have the coarsest hair possible that would be like the quills of a porcupine. And that was the closest they could, which kind of make it really hard to use as a puppet. Yeah. But it also gave them more of a unique flair. And they said that the first Critters movies are better Critters than the second one, even though they got more creative. I feel like well, they the are better Well, the second one, the they actually added an underbelly to them. Before, they were just all fur, right? R- well, no. They had the whole underbelly on the first one, too. I watched the whole making of... Okay. Yeah. They just they just said that it was a little bit harder to move them, but even then because it ruffled up well, the fur, time. the moose yeah. hair, it made it feel more natural. Mm. But this time they decided to use something else so that cuz it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't think they could even really use that if that hair sat there for that long. Right. Right. It's but going to just solidify essentially. One of the scenes that they have in the movie that's like one of the best I think and is where all the critters are rolling together. Yeah. Not just on the ball, but like just rolling together is because like that was a very difficult thing. Like in the first one, they had like servos, electronic remote shit that they were using on a few of them or did they would just roll them. You know, like it was just a ball yeah. of fur. Yeah, kick it. Yeah. They would just like roll it out there. But this time they had it like tied to all this like a uh, metal wire and like had them rolling with an ATV dragging them behind. So they had to get like creative with it. And it was like, they wouldn't all roll. They even made wheels on it so that it would roll better. But they said that they had to take the wheels off because they just broke. Yeah. And then it actually worked better with uh, without the wheels. So I thought that was pretty cool. A lot of the scenes where they're actually like pulling stuff or the big ball is actually with an ATV. Huh. And they just cut Smart. it together really good. So, But they, they told a funny story. The Kyoto Brothers told a funny story about how they had one of their interns that had to go buy supplies at the closest town. So you can imagine you're doing horror and you're getting caro syrup and like all this shit, right? So <laughs> he went off. Where was the closest town, by the way? Did they say how far away it I was? They didn't say that, but they said they had him go off the buy supplies for the effects, and the intern was like, I want one large box of KY jelly and two large boxes of condoms <laughs> to the clerk. And the clerk looked at him and a little weird, I guess, and said, and, and the intern was like, we're having a party. Okay, yeah, and a case of black velvet, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought that was kind of funny. They were really laughing about it. And these guys, like, the Kyoto Brothers have, like, that northern accent. Like, the, you know, hey, you fucking, you know, like, that kind of, like, I don't know. It's like a, it was probably like a New England accent. Boston? Yeah, From Boston, Boston accent, yeah. Like your fucking clown? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're really cool, though. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, the explosion in this one was supposed to be three times as big as what you saw. There, I won't explain the scene exactly, but there's a meat packing plant for those of you who have yeah. seen it. We'll get into more details about that. But apparently the guy who was setting off the charges was this big burly guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, you just wait. You're going to see how fucking amazing this is. You know, it's going to be amazing. And then he hit the button. He was like, he asked Mick Garris. He was like, do you want to push the button? And he was like, no, I don't want to fuck anything up. Like, we only have one shot. We can't do anything. We can't mess this up. I want you're the professional. You do it. So he pushes the button, and only one of the three charges went off. Oh, no. oh. So that's why this explosion pales in comparison to the first one. Sad so he panda. was like he was like a real-life Danny McBride explosion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. From, you're talking Tropic about Tropic Thunder. Thunder yeah. God, I've seen that movie so many fucking times. It's one of my favorite movie ever. I'm the dude ever. playing the dude, dude. I, I, trying to be the other dude. I mean, it doesn't. it's not as good as the first 
movies explosion and man i really wish i could have seen like how big it would have been like yeah. if that was just one times that by three exactly right like can you imagine like and it didn't go off because apparently the wires got burned by the fire from the first explosion because he had them rigged to time off like boom 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 yeah so right. it was off like a fraction said it was like the sound clip from but yeah, like Mick Garris pointed it out. I'm sure he was disappointed by that, but he said it's not terrible. So, but like I mentioned it's before, not. I mean, it's not the house exploding in the first. Yeah, one, but it's, no, it's not horrible, dude. That one's amazing. It's That's nuts. like one of the best fucking house explosions. It's really good. I've ever seen in any movie in any t- any genre, like ever. Like I know I don't see a lot of house explosions in like romantic comedies, but let's just say <laughs> there should be more. Or fuck, I, w- I would watch more romantic comedies or documentaries, I guess you know. But house explosion. <laughs> you know what would make this documentary about my fucking grandma great? House explosion. <laughs> just at the end, more fire. We blew the shit out of her fucking more house. Fire. They're like that is not historically accurate. Those tears you saw grandma crying were real. real. <laughs> All you can't pay for that. Memories. They're gone now. Priceless. And to make it even better, we kept all her grandpa's personal items in there so she'd really... We even blew up grandpa. (laughs) It was was great. It was real great. I mentioned before that the movie flopped. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Mick said he poured his heart into this. You know, he said, in fact, apparently one of the heads of the new line was actually whining and dining a potential big money investor uh, because new line did this movie and they were whining and dining this big, 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 he said, big money investor. Uh, and he was like, let's go to this place to eat, you know, on Hollywood Boulevard. You're going to love this place. We're going to eat. And then when we're done, would you like to go to see our new movie that's out? You know, so you could see what we do with the money. And he went, they went after eating to the premiere. Nobody was in line. No. And they lost the deal because of it. So apparently one of the producers, he said that he didn't tell him until 30 years later. Oh, no. Just just recently when they did the fucking the the, the fucking behind the scenes. Did he find that out? Wow. Uh, So he said he did it to kind of protect me, I guess. So but the deal fell through. So you can imagine like the weight of that as a director, your first fucking film, which personally, I don't think as is that bad. It's not. But they were saying he was like, well, maybe we just made a movie that nobody really wanted and we just greenlit it because we could. Right. So happens. Right. A lot. (laughs) Um. We'll try to go through this as quick as possible, guys. What we'll do is we're kind of going to break down uh, sort of the movie, talk about some of our favorite scenes and things. And uh, there's some trivia that I tucked into uh, a lot of this uh, that you guys are going to be like, oh, shit. Like, it's actually got some pretty fucking good trivia that while we do this, you guys are going to stick around for this. But it starts off a man in a mask suit is running around some sort of cave system and and he's like wearing some like goggles oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, what the fuck was up with that? Yeah, well, it's to show that he's uh, somebody's off-world, like, hunting aliens or something like that. Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, and he he falls back, and an alien jumps on his chest, but as immediately as it jumps on his chest, it gets shot by another masked man, and you see them open up the the doors and take their helmets off, and it's Ugg first, who plays Johnny Steele from the first one. Uh, He's called Ugg, that's his alien name. And Charlie, who fumbles getting his helmet off and falls to the floor, of course, because... What was the other one's name, by the way? 
real quick? Was it Lee? Lee. 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 Yeah. Ugly. But they show, you know, Lee, or they show uh, Ugg and Charlie, you know, good old Charlie falling around like Buster Keaton, which uh, you have to wonder, as much as we all love Charlie, why would you want that kind of liability on your hands as a bounty hunter? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Like, I'm sure Charlie thought the same thing, because he's like, you guys aren't going to leave me, right? When they finally go back there. (laughs) Yo, dude, we got hearts and shit, but we got jobs and kids to feed, motherfucker. (laughs) Like, we don't need your bumbling ass fucking tripping over a goddamn alien and blown up the spaceship. We lost our Obamacare, right? Like realistically, if you think about that, it's, yeah. it's just a liability. Uh, like, mid-flight, I would have kicked him out of the spaceship. So. <laughs> oh, no, God, Oops. he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Good luck, bitch. <laughs> no, but I love Charlie's character, so it was definitely good to I see him. I like him better in this one. Right. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, yeah, they get into his character a lot yeah, more. They, yeah, you expect yeah he's, he's not a better. fucking drunk he's not a ass too drunk, yeah anyways you know they report back to their bounty and they mention that there's still traces of crates on earth which is cynthia nick yeah. garris's wife talking to them but brad is taking a bus back home this time and he's talking to the bus driver and the bus driver mentions space porcupines and brad's like oh never heard of them which don't know ex- what you mean exactly what mouse called them <laughs> space Speak- porcupines yes <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we were laughing really hard when Didn't the bus like, driver called him that. Really? Like, Holy shit! There's a punk kid that shows an antique dealer a bunch of eggs, and uh, in a in Wesley one of, in the Browns barn. Yeah, Wesley. He trades it for a case of Meisterbrow. <laughs> Is that like the champagne of beers? It's like it's supposed to be like German import beer, I guess. Like it sounds like Meisterbrow, but obviously. Um, you know, they're critter eggs from the first end of the first movie, and they take them back to the Easter antique egg. dealer's shop. What's that? Said they're Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sal returns, by the way, the lady who worked at the police station before, they show her working at a local newspaper. She's the assistant, and she's also like a reporter or editor or something. Yeah, she apparently got fired from the sheriff's office. Right. Because, uh, yeah, because she's not needed now that the new guy's there. Uh, but, She's like she spots Brad Brown get it Brad Brown getting off the bus and she's like Brad Brown is back in town the boy who cried critter critter <laughs> yeah Lynn Shay God bless her heart I'm just kidding <laughs> oh, bless her heart um, but yeah so then she runs off to go get Harve the original sheriff which you find out is Barry Corbin. Um, but he's living in some fucking rundown fucking trailer, like with a rusted bucket fucking car from the like fifties or sixties, and like it, it sh- and he's not sheriff now. He tells her that and he's like, I don't give a too darn too fucking horn what about your fucking critter and Brad Brown being in town. He wants nothing to do with it anymore. It's pretty clear, and just slams the door in her face. I think. But it's a kind of a funny dialogue. I thought it was kind of interesting to point out. But they go back to the bounty hunter spaceship, and Charlie and Ugg and the still faceless Lee, his partner, talk about going to Earth again and why Lee has no face still because apparently he doesn't have any. He doesn't. What does he say? Like something about like not. There's not a face that feels like it fills his soul or something like Some that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. But he doesn't glow green though. Did you notice he's just like flat white. Oh, uh, they probably didn't add any other post effects or yeah, something. Which yeah, which was weird to me because the other one glued green every time he wasn't. Okay, he didn't have a face. 
But this time he was just like flat. That's kind of interesting lore, though, to know that they have to have some sort of emotional bond. Some type of connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That guy really wanted to fuck Johnny Steele. Anyway, you get to meet Brad's grandma. She buys a bunch of eggs from the antique dealer for the church's Easter egg hunt. Who the fuck does this? What? Like, who goes to an antique dealer to buy eggs for a fucking Easter egg hunt? He He called her. her. Yeah, but still. Like, I don't do you know. think the eggs are still good? He was like this shysty fucking antique dealer who was like, I need to get rid of these eggs and sell them because I just lost a case of, like, white label beer. Well, in any case, it was the most shittiest way I've ever seen a plot sewn together. <laughs> like, really. But yeah. that's okay because the movie is it makes it, it makes way. it cool, like, at the very least. She's like... She's like, I'll give you $20 for the whole stack. For a whole stack. And he's like, 25 and uh, half. And half a stack. And she's like, $20. He's she, like, he wanted to half sell, a stack. He wanted to sell them at first for like 10, 10 a bucks piece. a pop. Yeah. 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 Like, eat my... There's a little girl with her, too, that's like, she is given one of the eggs and a chocolate Easter egg bunny that she just happens to have with her. Like... Like, Nana has one. Yeah, she pulled it out of her ass. Yes. Yeah, she, she made it with her fudge. It's been there for 100 years. <laughs> she blows she on it and She lures the kids into her cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, that's how she lures the children. That's when you get to see the hungry effort. We oh, won't Lord. steer you, bad meal. Something like that. I fucking hate that shit. Have like, yourself a moose shake. I hated it so much. Oh, we won't give you a bum steer. Some shit. I don't even know. That's what I that, loved it because it was so annoying, it was I think. So annoying. <laughs> I went from like the, first, the song in the first movie to like, that one. And I was like, <laughs> give me back to Johnny Steele. Give me back. <laughs> I can't that Power of the night. Yeah, power of the night. So, fun fact about this little song that you guys aren't oh, too, Lord, or no. that some of you are fond of. I love it. There's fun facts about it. <laughs> yes, it was made by Mick Garris's wife Cynthia. I love the hokiness. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she was really into it, and he liked it, and he's actually the voice of the guy talking at the end. Oh yeah. Where he's like, "Come on down for a moose shake or a fucking bucket of chum." <laughs> That's him. That's Mick Garris. <laughs> for a whole cat. Oh, you fat bitch. <laughs> wow. What's they, the, what? That's funny thing, know. too, is that the fucking Hungry Heifer has a burger bar with, like, all the fixings and toppings, kind of like you would find at fucking... What's Fuddruckers. That? Fuddruckers, right. You know what it reminded me of when you started saying that shit, though? The... Oh, what's that comedian's name? Patton Oswald. Oh, oh come on now. The Black Eggers. Yeah, <laughs> Doors are locked out from the outside. Expletive. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that word. Expletive. <laughs> Expletive. I like that better though, because <laughs> in my mind goes, "What is it?" <laughs> like <laughs> like some you... robot voice. Expletive. What are you saying? Like, well, they're naughty. But like... anyway, the bad boy leather jacket Wesley guy is drinking the free beer that he got from the eggs that Which he Which is it? What is it? It's not the beer that he wanted. Yeah, it's just like the, the white label beer. It's the cheap beer that they when when grocery stores had like their budget shit that they would make. Yeah, it, it was. They just, just a had a white label, and it was almost like a big middle finger to the people that couldn't afford it. It's Kroger beer, <laughs> or they they tried to hide it behind the fact that they didn't want to have to 
design the art so they could save money, but it's like that's like nothing compared to the, the process of making the goddamn thing. Anyway, uh, but Wesley's macking on Megan, who is the daughter of the guy who runs the local paper. Yeah, he's so fucking gross too. Like he comes up and like kisses her neck and shit. Right. You yeah. Don't have much other choice, and I'm like. Ew, I could be a lesbian. Fuck you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's where Brad steps up and he's like, hey, man, stop it. Just calm down. And yeah, then he's like 12 year old. Wesley like pushes him down on the ground like an idiot. And then he gets up and he's like doing this like karate thing where he closes his fingers other than his tongue, his uh, thumbs down. He's a cat. And he's like, I've been practicing karate. Yeah. He's like, like, he's like a cat. Is that what you think? I don't know. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Like You get the cat paws out. Watch stupid. It. Yeah, it's like yeah. his open palms. I'm like, what the fuck is going on well, here? It's not karate, fool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know karate, but I know crazy. But then he gets thrown out, and of course, Megan, who is the daughter of the guy who owns the local paper, drives the truck out knowing that this is going to happen and gets in the car, and they have this big talk about why he's back in town, and he won't, like, fess up to the Critter story because she's a reporter, and she's trying to find this, the, the, the story of a lifetime right. about the, the Critters. Yeah, scoop. The, the, the scoop. scoop. And the only scoop is is that, spoiler alert, they're in love. Yeah, I got two scoops for you, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, the antique dealer returns to his shop from something, some event. He's all dressed up in, like, the worst fucking suit ever. And he finds that the eggs have hatched because he put a space heater next to him. Smart move. Yeah, around a bunch of fucking hay and shit. Right. Like, you fucking moron. Yeah, that's, like, that's like very unsafe. He shouldn't even died by the critters. He should have <laughs> died by negligence. <laughs> <laughs> just set on fire. Right. Maybe we can get mobs out there to kill him for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you see that he sees the eggs and he's like, what the hell is going on here? What in the Sam Neil? Yeah, what in the Sam Neil? And they bite through his shoe. That was a cool part. Yeah. They they one of the li- they have these little baby critters like yeah. the little little crites little baby crites and like it it grabs his fucking like white shoes that fucking is like something white out of like loafers vacation like National Lampoon's vacation right. shoes <laughs> or like, fear and loathing or some shit. no it's definitely it reminds me here Clark here you go <laughs> I wanted you to have a pair of these beautiful shoes you know what I mean but he bites through it and you see his toes are missing. And it's just like meat. And I thought it was really cool. And he like tries to grab the light or some railing up top and he's standing on a stool and he falls over and they like all these krites like jump onto him. And it's like they, they explained how they did it. They took all of the krites, put them to uh, monofilament, which is that practically invisible on camera film. But you can see it in the 1080p, by the way. Right. Uh, well, that's why I prefer to watch most movies like that on VHS. They literally right. tied, like, I think it was like, I don't know how many it was, like 20, 30 fucking of these things to the line, tied it to a loop on his chest, and pulled it, all of them at once, so it just, like, scoop right all on top of him at the same time. Which I thought was pretty cool. It was definitely a good effect. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny to watch them, like, jump up the stair, and you see him, like, ah! <laughs> There's like there was like five hundred eggs or some shit. I don't know how many were you think there were. Because she took half a stack and there was like at least there was two baskets worth. Yeah, at like least. at least there's three baskets. Three baskets. So there was like forty. I'm let's just say thirty of bucket baskets. So like a hundred eggs essentially, probably essentially. Like where the fuck did they produce all of these? Yeah, because you only saw the three eggs at the end of the first right. fucking movie. That was just the. 
That was the tip of the iceberg, well, Patrick. Is that with all of them? Do they <laughs> just like they eat? They just lay eggs immediately. Yeah, I don't know how they reproduce, but maybe we can figure it out through yeah, science. Well, the, you know, maybe <laughs> we are scientists. Anyway, the girl who got the free egg from Nana is apparently the local newspaper's daughter as well as Megan's sister. And she sets the egg in her chocolate bunny next to the floor vent, and the heat causes the chocolate bunny to melt and her egg to hatch. And it's all scurrying around on the floor next to the, you know, it's like all crazy. And um, yeah. did you see the mad ball under the bed? Yeah. I did. I, for all this old folks, we know that mad balls. Actually, it's on, t- it's on YouTube now. Is it? You know, us old folks know what the fuck that is, but she's like coughing a lot and she like wakes up and lays her leg over the side of the bed and in walks her dad because she's been coughing and he's like, you okay, honey? And steps on the critter and it's like this green critter gets and he's like, oh, your Easter candy's a real mess. And she's like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no candy I want to eat. I just thought it was cute how she said that little ew and then it cuts. I don't know. That was funny. But back at the church, the old ladies are painting the eggs for the big church Easter egg hunt for the children on the day of the resurrection, you know, to lure them into fun for church, I guess, <laughs> you know, but so you uh, get people to come. Right. Like, I, I never really thought about it that way, but I guess that's why they do it. Uh, but the new sheriff walks in and says, the Easter bunny is here, <laughs> like very begrudgingly. And he puts on the bunny suit, but you can't. He can't like seem to zip up the crotch part of it, <laughs> of his suit. And he's like, he's like, oh great, we get to see fucking the Easter Bunny with his fucking tallywhacker or whatever, fucking hanging out. But he's like practicing hopping, and like he sees like one of the broken eggs outside, like busted open. Yeah, it's the one that the kid broke. Right, he dropped it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he threw it out the window. Oh shit! <laughs> and then you see like three critters like. Zoop, 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 Right into his suit. Right into his dick. (laughs) And they're like all moving underneath his thing and shit. And it's like, I don't know. He's like panics and then he's like thriving, like frolicking, not frolicking. Flailing. Flailing about, yeah. And then jumps through the window behind the reverend at the sermon and dies. It's like, Jesus. intense. And a Scott is there because, you know, God. And of course... (laughs) Because Scott Grimes, he's, you can't beat that guy. Jesus. He's a Jesus freak. And, uh, of course, he puts two and two together with Megan, and he's like, it's happening again. Like, in his mind. Like that's how they determine it. Yeah. yeah, that's how they figure it out. He's like, oh, my God. The Easter Bunny dove through a window. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't see him. It's the critters. But she's like the reporter, so she knows what's going on. But they, they get to the uh, old Sheriff Harv again and tell him what happened and ask him for help. But he said, hell no, they voted me out. I'm getting the hell out of here. Bye. Like, he's like, fuck you, kids. Like, I'm out. I mean, to be honest. Suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> Suck my fucking dick. <laughs> I'd be like him, too, to be too. honest. Bye. Like, if I lived through that, I'd be like, all right, y'all fucking on your own now. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. <laughs> I don't give two fucks. What do you think I am? Fucking Rambo? You fucking dildo? I'm not no Scott Grimes, for Christ's sake. Bradley fucking Brown. Brad Brown. Yeah. Fuck fucking Rambo. We got Bradley Brown in town. <laughs> Fuck Rambo. Uh, Charlie, Ugg, and Lee now land in a field, and Charlie finds a Playboy on the ground that apparently Wesley dropped when he was like driving or something out of his car or something and lee decides to change into charlie 
which Charlie's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't change it to me, man. Don't change it to me. And and he holds up the fucking Playboy in the centerfold part. One of my favorite scenes, by the this, way. Yeah, this is a really good scene. Uh, it, 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 it includes, he changes into the girl, and it includes the staple in the centerfold. <laughs> that was funny. I love it, yeah. That is cool. So well, not only that, dude, you forget about the amazing breast. Oh, is it transition or whatever? Oh, dude. Yeah, full on. And I thought it would have been great if she actually went to the burger shop completely nude to hunt Kreitz. Yeah, well, (laughs) right. Squirting milk all over them or something. (laughs) They obviously didn't have enough of like clearance (laughs) to do that. Did you put your dick away, Patrick? We're recording an episode here. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't want to see your fucking pride and joy. Anyway, so this is supposed to be a PG-13 fucking movie, guys. Right. And they got full-on boobs and nips and shit. Like, Lee changes into this fucking hot porn star, and fucking, like, uh, Charlie's all like, hey, you're going to need these clothes. Like, you can't just walk off with your titties, your honkers hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) Put them fun bags away. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, keep in mind, in the coldest part of the year, Three degrees, apparently. I don't. I don't know what they said. Three degrees. That sucks. I didn't know that Santa Clarita got that cold. Those are some cold nipples. Yeah, I could cut diamonds. Yeah, she was a man, and then she got naked, and now she's a lady. <laughs> well, the funny thing is about this Roxanne Hernahan, who played that girl. The woman was actually a Playboy model. Yeah. Though her pictures did not get put out in the magazine she it it was like they took the full spread the full show you know shoot with every all the pictures and everything including the centerfold but they never ended up using it so that the magazine of the playboy that they had they contacted playboy and said hey can we use that can you print us up one of these and like put it together so we can use those use it in the movie so they did it's awesome. Yeah, but she never actually had a copy actually ever put out. So when you see that nude part in there, that is technically her. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it's like from a real Playboy model photographer and everything. So they thought that was pretty crazy they were able to get that. But the the crazy thing about this the whole fucking thing, and everybody like really was really fond of her on the set because she was like just so committed to like working and like she was like... You know, she was beautiful, and she was just like they th- they said she was like super talented. I wouldn't be able to, to really know. But the fucked up thing is, and this is what's going to make you feel bad, is she was killed in a tragic car accident a few years after yeah. the movie released. She died in like ninety three, right? Yeah, I think so. It was like ninety three or ninety four. It was like supposedly they said three years, so it was ninety one. Oh no, shit! Yeah, she died. Mick Harris was like, yeah, she had a really good career. She's been dead almost as long as I've been alive. Like she was just starting to take off Mm. when all that happened, and she was doing a lot of B movie budget, you know, stuff. But she apparently was like really a hard worker or something like that. So it sucks, sucks. But uh, Brad and Megan now drive to Mister Quigley, the antique guy, for some reason. I don't know why. As I guess they're driving by his place, and Sal jumps out in front of her. I think so. But that's when, like, this is the weirdest part. Like, this this, this scene is, like, doesn't make any goddamn sense. So Sal's screaming about critters, that they're back and everything. And Bra- Brad is like, okay, well, let me knock on the door. And he goes and knocks on the door kind of hesitantly. And no one answers. He's like, I guess there's no one here, I guess. I don't know. And the door kicks open, and it's dead Mr. Quigley, like a fucked up eye. And he just falls on top of Brad for some reason, dead. I think it's just so they could use that part. 
I don't know. Maybe. He's that type of, Seems like, kind of weird, though, right? Like, he was effects. eating on the floor. He should be, like, nothing but yeah. bones. No, right. none of that makes sense. I think I just wanted to throw in some more, like, effects work or something, like, gore element. It is weird, though. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't drive. But then that's when you see like all the like critters have grown to a larger size because I guess they've been eating him, even though you wouldn't see it in his body because he doesn't look like he's been eating at all. He just looks like he had a fight with like a, a rhino or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, Megan points and you see like four critters standing up and rolling and he drives, he dives into the truck as they slam into the, like the, the critters slam into the side and start shooting neck darts at them into the side. One even like bites the tire and like blows up to like a cartoon balloon. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, dude. I loved it. And then you see it like, you see all the, like they drive off and like the critter balls like are rolling out and you see them stop because they've run into something. You know, it's like kind of loose and then the camera pans down and you see the squashed one. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but they make it back to Nana and Nana just saw a critter in the kitchen and she runs uh, and tries to hold the door shut as Brad and Megan come in. And this is one of my favorite scenes. Brad's all like, Nana, the critters are back. She's holding the door shut from them, trying to attack her. And she's like, no shit, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about old people cussing. <laughs> old people cussing is the best. It's like fucking funny. You know what I mean? Like, and she's like, it's like almost the same extent. It was like babies cussing and shit. <laughs> so out of the norm. Fuck. <laughs> like, Damn, children. But then she she even adds to it. She's like, damn meat eaters. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun. I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. But then they see Brad finds the, the bounty hunter's device. And as he's pressing it, this huge explosion pops the side of the house open again. And it shoots the, the critter that's about to lunge it at Bradley and Megan. And you see it splattered on the wall and like pieces of it fall down and everything. And they were like, damn, that was fast. <laughs> like geez well yeah they were already here you dildo anyway they show lee and then they go out and see charlie and it's like this big reunion brad and charlie and they're all hugging like you know i'm so glad to see you and he's like i've got you know he's like uh well how long are you here for you know what i mean he's like well not long you know i gotta go where no man has gone before the cosmic winds are calling me. <laughs> it's like, well, it's good to see you, I guess, for however long. <laughs> Fuck you, Charlie. Later, bitch. He's like, you drink it again? No, I gave that up a long time ago. I have a purpose now, Bradley. <laughs> they saved a world. I still like it, though. It's like it's it's like it's a nice bonding moment with Charlie. But uh, back at the hungry heifer, the crites are wreaking havoc on it. Ugg and Lee walk in in this kind of like sexualized part because they have these big old dicks cannons and they they extend out (laughs) and it kind of looks like they're like dicks it definitely does (laughs) like there's some sort of uh, promiscuousness to to that situation I think right am I wrong or no I thought the same thing okay dirty (laughs) I mean they were making it weird you're like uh 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 oh (laughs) or was it you like they're gonna fuck the krites they're gonna gonna fuck the shit out of these krites the krites are all scared you know and they 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 start firing and killing and shooting off hair of one of them yeah it's like 
his hair on his head. And he's yeah. like, and he turns and looks. And he's like bitching. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the subs and the subtitles. Yeah, it's like I'm the fire starter, bitch. Does he get shot? Because I don't remember if he got shot and then falls into the fryer. No, that wasn't the guy they shot. No, it was a different one. It was a different one. But, but that, that fryer scene, I love it. That's another one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Do you remember that where the fucking critter falls into the fr- the the fries fryer and yeah. it just like. <laughs> it's just like this ball of. And egg. then you see the fucking critter that saw him go in the fryer, and his eyes get all big. Like, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Mick Garris made his eyes pop out like that. Oh yeah, that was like it his. worked. It worked. That was his touch. I liked it. And it's funny too because one of the writers for the website at longlivethevoid.com just did top eleven scenes, and he had critters in there. So when the one falls in. It like it's like writhing around in pain, and then one of the fucking critters rolls out, hits the door, doesn't make it out, rolls again, busts the door open, and jumps on a pile of people lined up like fucking bowling pins, and it makes that crack yeah. noise. <laughs> like what? Good lord! Like that was that was a bit too much right yeah. there. That's where it starts to get a little like really silly like right off on one another yeah, it's it a little bananas after this point but that's when they also have the time you know if it's time for town havoc time you know people are getting chased by krites riding telephone lines biting power lines they rescue uh, megan's dad and all run for the church where all all the people end up joining up and this is where it kind of gets uh, a little weird but the manager of the hungry heifer is all pissed off like that all the krites got shot up in their business and he's like hey who's gonna pay for this and uh, he's, like, really nerdy. His name is um, Eddie Deason. Okay, yeah. He's been in a lot of, like, 80s, 90s movies or whatever. But he's, like, his goofy ass is, like, yelling at the hot girl who's, like, Lee the bounty hunter. And then she changes into fucking... Him. Into him, yeah. And it's, like, dude, I fucking love that scene. <laughs> That's so great. Let's kill Kreitz. Kill what Kreitz. <laughs> kill what Kreitz. <laughs> And he's all walking around all stupid. <laughs> and he's still in that girl's like like thong and shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like wearing the same fucking get up with the holes in the chest and shit, basically. Uh, I thought that was great. Um, but later Lee is standing in front of something when Charlie walks over and he's in front of a cutout of Freddy Krueger at night. And he's about to change into Freddy Krueger. Yes. You see, this is the one I was going to say. This is like it. one of the greatest things in the movie for me. And also the most disappointing. Right, because you wanted to see it happen. Right. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Is Let's he... kill Kreitz, bitch. When I was a kid, I remember thinking to myself, oh, he's going to turn into Freddy. <laughs> oh, my God, this movie's amazing. And then they, like, Charlie prevents him from fucking changing, of course. And then he changes back in. He holds up the, the centerfold. And... and that's what we all wanted to see anyway. <laughs> but I you know, I think part of the reason that they put this in there is because it's New Line. They right. they own the rights. This was around the time that Dream Warriors uh, Part 3 was uh, had already been out, I guess. So Lee walks off as the centerfold and gets surrounded by critters and eaten. And, uh, of course, you know, Ugg has a fucking complete breakdown and his faces start changing, which they use like a projection or something yeah. of like all these different aliens he had changed into because they couldn't well, afford it. It really wasn't a bunch. It, like if you notice, it was just like, was that like an ape or something? There was like a ton of stuff. Was it? Yeah, like, there I was just, like seven noticed, to ten faces. I just noticed that Johnny Steele and then like the ape picture. 
I don't remember. But maybe that. there was more. There was like beady red eye ones, and like one of them looked like uh, fuck. What do you call it? Um, they live. Okay. Yeah. Something like yeah. it looked kind of like that. Anyway, I thought it was a unique way to do the scene because they couldn't afford it. But anyway, back at the church, there's like a little girl on a tricycle, and this part fucking blows my fucking mind. One of the girl, one of the guys, is watching guard and says, "Get back inside, or I'll make you. I'll skin your little butt." <laughs> like and then he but he's all of a sudden attacked by Kreitz and she's like in the doorway up a ramp you know like the handy ramp that they have at the churches right, or wherever right. it's like all made out of wood and for some reason she sees this guy get killed and decides to ride her fucking little tricycle out in the middle of the fucking dirt whatever and get chased by a bunch of Kreitz which Bradley's like bitching like punching him off i'm like bitch he's lighting up with a stick <laughs> you know how the fucking tricycles ride on dirt <laughs> go good fucking eat bitch <laughs> i don't know i was like why why is she running from the safety you're acting like you got a big wheel and shit but no but if you were a kid would you think of riding running out of the wilderness like i know they did it to make the scene work right but it's just like one of those little minor grots. just like the easter egg thing it's just like but the, because they wanted to introduce Marv, because Marv shows back up and he's like, I'm back. I'm back. As he's shooting them all with fucking, what are those things called? The fucking dirty hairy guns. With yeah. a revolver of some sort. A magnum, sort. a long, long nose magnum or whatever. And he's like fucking killing them all. But anyway. It could have been like Colt 45. Yeah. Do you remember the scene after this, though? Like the whole the whole scene in the church where the whole town is like panicking and blaming Brad for some fucking reason. <laughs> the guy that's he so country as fuck. Right? Yeah, Brady's he right. Brought these damn critters back in our town. Well, Bradley came here. We didn't have any problems until he showed up. And then the critters showed back up. It's like, well, yeah, it's just a lucky coincidence. But I guess it kind of makes sense if you're small town folk, you know. <laughs> when but, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know much around these parts. Dude, Harv's speech, or Marv's speech, is it Harv or Marv? I'm, I'm getting confused. But his little speech about bitching and being pussies. He's <laughs> like, if we keep bitching and moaning and quit being pussies. Like, <laughs> I thought it was funny. But, but they devise a plan to lure the critters into a meat packing plant and try to use the, the wind to have the smell like push them right to the meat packing plant so they'll smell the burgers and the fresh meat and shit um but you see a bunch of critters rolling around and packs following the smell until the wind changes and they smell the people now so you see the little weather vane the weather the, the wind changes and all of a sudden they're like following him like dangerously close by the way like they they probably have ears or at least eyes in their face so they probably shouldn't be that close anyway, but the wind changes and they start chasing after the people. And uh, one of the big ones rolls out and convinces him. He's like, hey, less bones. Cheeseburgers. Less no bones. bones. Yeah, no bones. <laughs> and they're like, cheeseburgers! <laughs> Which is silly. And you're like, where the fuck is this big-ass one coming from? But... The big one stops at the doors at the uh, meatpacking plant and changes into Ugg, so you realize that it's one of the bounty hunters who had lost his shit and didn't want to fucking help them anymore because Lee died. And uh, the meat, by the way, in that movie, in this movie, in the meatpacking plant, was all real. Yeah. They thought that they were only going to shoot that one night. They had to come back three days later. So they had to buy all that meat. 
They didn't have to buy new meat. They oh, had to use the same meat. All rancid. Right. It, they said it was cheaper to buy the meat than to make fake meat. And when they had to go back, it was like rancid. dripping down and rancid Ugh. on the puppets even. And that when they wrapped up that third night that they came back, they had to like spend the rest of the night cleaning the puppets. That's horrible. Right. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. He's like, they were like, it sucked. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure by the third night there was maggots. <clears throat> oh, I don't know, man. Like, the, just can you imagine the smell of that just mm. sitting there? Anyways, they blow the fucking place up like we talked about it, you know, and everybody's like waving torches and firing guns off and shit. Yay! <laughs> and you hear this grumble, like this like rumbling and the fucking, this big ball of fucking critters just rolls out into the street and people scatter into the field and that one dude <laughs> that one unlucky guy that yeah. poor motherfucker dude he's like running like a fat piece of shit <laughs> and he's not that unfit <laughs> I, I guess not but I mean it, we'll just say that anyway <laughs> I mean I don't want to fuck him or anything Patrick Jesus but <laughs> he's like trying to get away from the ball and it fucking rolls over him and this scene is one of my favorites yeah, mine too. that is like such a memorable scene to me that's yeah. why i love this movie is that part in particular is like this big ball of critters that form literally 10 feet high 10 feet wide is like rolling and just eating flesh as it rolls over people <laughs> it's basically just like a naked skeleton at this point right with like a little bit of skit like muscle on it and, and you see it's it. shaking and shit yeah. like, this scene kind of brought me back to the movie we watched a couple weeks ago which was uh the satan film which one the which one was it It was like hail satan or the killing of, killing satan. of satan the killing of satan oh okay yeah. oh yeah, yeah <laughs> cartoonish little flat guy <laughs> This was better though. I just like oh he, for sure. Like you see, like his clothes, they cut up the back and then laid it down in front of him. So you see him like he fell, and then his skeleton's all shaking. And apparently, like what they said was, is that somebody actually accidentally, when they were walking by it, setting up the scene, kicked like bumped into the legs of the skeleton and made it shake. And Mick was like, "Do more of that." <laughs> Do more of that. So when it rolls over him, it's almost like he's still fighting for his right. life. Like, like his nervous system still fine. Yeah, but there's just bones, I right. guess. But I, I thought it was kind there's of a little meat on it, dude. That ball, by the way, I fucking love that. But it, like I said, they had like two of those. One of them was made of like they had like this ten foot high thing with mouths. Like they had like scattered throughout the whole fucking thing, where they had like servos mo moving their mouths, opening them and closing them, and red eyes that were glowing. And they were trying to use this, like, rolling it with the heads, like, getting rolled on top of. Yeah. And then they had one that was just fur, like, critter pelts, they called it. And that, that it, pelts. Yeah, and they put it. They put like a canvas wrapping around it that of a uh, uh, what do you call it, a weather balloon? And they were just pushing that. That was super easy. But the the one with the faces, they wanted to use it a lot more. But they said it's, they spent like ten thousand dollars. You think you would have created like some kind of harness for that? Well, they did. They created this like you know how they do the gyrosphere, right? It's they kind of created something like that that they could drag, uh, that they could push it in front of a car or something. I don't know how they did it exactly. I forget. Uh, but they showed 
the you know the show when they look out the window and they see that the face of the little mouths moving right. and they look out the window like they actually did do that but they said that they didn't get to use it as much as they wanted because it was just you know it was just so hard to do but they stuck a pole through it and then right. had it roll like on this thing so they figured it out but i don't know i just thought it was really cool that they actually went that far to create this fucking gigantic thing yeah and originally they wanted it to be 30 foot by 30 foot Sweet jesus, jesus. Come on. he's like do you realize how big 30 foot is <laughs> right it's like do you have any idea like how 30 foot is and they were like we can do it but it would have been a lot of weight it would have crushed everything so it even dented in like when they tried to use the other one but anyway uh, you see Brad and Megan race the ball in the truck and then they crash and Charlie comes flying through his with his spaceship because he disappeared in the earlier when they started getting attacked and it busted out. He was like, fuck this, I'm out. And you think he's just like <laughs> pussying out, you know, but yeah. he actually went to go get the spaceship so he could slam into the ball, crashing into it and killing all of them, sacrificing himself. And he screams, I'm a bounty hunter! <laughs> and fucking crashes into it. And everybody's all sad. And, like, they all reel in horror and sadness. And Ugg changes into Charlie, which is I thought was a little distasteful, Ugg. Like, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> they wanted to remember him. Yeah, I get it. But, like... Yeah, it was too much. <laughs> Way too much. And Brad's like, and then they fast forward to the, the next morning and like Brad's getting on the bus with the fucking sheriff, the old sheriff, Marv, or yeah. Harv. They're going to Vegas, man. They're having self time. Laughlin or something. Yeah, he's like, right. come on with me, boy. We got to kiss her and get on the fucking bus, you dildo. <laughs> and he's like saying goodbye to Ugg and he's like, uh, good to, it was good to see you again, Ugg. Charlie. Call me Charlie. Like, uh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> like, Your name's not Charlie. Yeah, I know. He's like, okay, Charlie, or something like fucking that. Fucking talented Mr. Ripley, your ass. And then you hear some fucking commotion. You see this guy dragging a parachute behind him, and it's Charlie! He's alive! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you are good to know. It is good to know that he is alive, because he is a beloved character. Um, but he, like, hugs everybody, and Ugg calls his space Uber, and then gets sucked up into the ship, like, just magically. And he still leaves Charlie behind. Yeah, and he yeah. left Charlie behind. He's like, you're not really that good of a bounty hunter. If you're gonna pull he said he wasn't going to do it. He left him there. Yeah, he said he would never leave him behind. Fucking lying bitch. Right. And, and you think about it, it's like, maybe he it was because Brad. he was like, he wasted all that money. That's an expensive ship. He could have <laughs> literally... We have you crashed our ships, man. Let, let's point this out. That, like, in the first movie, when they shoot a laser out of the goddamn spaceship, it blows up the house the size of, like, 50 megatons. Thinking, why did you just shoot a laser at the right. right! Right? Why is he slamming into this shit? He didn't know how to use he the laser. Know how to, yeah. yeah. So, technically, Ugg is just pissed at fucking Charlie. He's bye, asshole. He's like, all right, I'm out. And he floats up and they... I had two more fucking payments on that fucking thing. <laughs> and the, the running gag in the movie, by the way, is Brad and Megan are trying to kiss, like, numerous times. Oh, God, I know. And so they find... Like, every time, they, like, keep getting interrupted. And then they have this really awkward kiss. Like, you're my hero. And she's like, I hope you take care. And they kiss and it's weird. And But you know what's funny, though, is like when fucking Ugg gets sucked up, the fucking bus driver's like, you mind? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> One of y'all mind telling me what the hell is going on over here? <laughs> 
Like, yeah, yeah. The, it's a long story. Just drive. I'll tell you on the way to fucking Vegas. I guess. Like, no, like, I want to know right now. <laughs> going anywhere, you bitch. <laughs> the cool thing though is at the end, good old Harv, he throws the fucking badge to fucking Charlie. Charlie. Charlie's like, <laughs> I wouldn't want him to be the sheriff of my fucking town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tariff. Lord, no. I do. Uh, like, bring back the critters. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's Take a nice. Me. It's a happy ending. You yeah. know what I mean? Lighthearted. You There's know. no stinger at the end or anything other than uh, I think they said like no critters. Absolutely no critters were harmed yeah, in the. I making like that a little. Like we'd like to thank the people of. Santa Clarita. Of Grover. Grover's Bend. Bend. Yeah. For we couldn't make this movie without them or something. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, you made this fucking town. Like, yeah, that dick. is kind of weird. It was weird. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it, 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 it either. It's like they were trying to make it real or something. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Well, maybe it was a real town to them because they said it was like a very big maybe. family atmosphere. It was, it was still dumb. They all lived there pretty much. So maybe they were just referring to the town as the cast and crew. Thanks. Might be right. People yeah. that made this movie. It right. might have been like an inside And just be joke. like, thank you, cast and crew, and get over with it. <laughs> get it over with. <laughs> you already put your fucking names on it. No, I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> I honestly think this movie gets a bad rap. I don't think it's as bad. I think it's like a 7.5 versus the 8 that I would give the first one. Like, I think, and you said it goes up. Yeah, I would say 7, then 8. It's weird. <laughs> this is me. It's weird. Hey. Huh, interesting. What is it? Is it the Critter Ball? I think it's just a mix of everything. Like I, I really like the the fast food scene with all the, the hungry. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just good. I won't make you guys suffer through it. <laughs> Brittany, and, and, and do you think do you think uh, I give it five? That's terrible. I don't know. I'm surprised by that. Do you like some of those scenes though? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I maybe that's what like swings me a little bit is just that the ball. I like the ball. That's that Jeez, was that's a such an amazing thing to me. me. Right. I think it was the the transforming gag that they did over and over again. They did it so well in the second one. Right. It was so fast, though. Yeah, but yeah, I see what you mean. Wait, transforming gag? Yeah. They're like how he would transform into like the, the owner of the fucking the fast food joint, and then he was about to do the Freddy oh, Cougar. Oh, gotcha. It, yeah, because... like the way they did that. It just seemed like it was more prevalent in yeah. this movie. The whole cr- the Freddy Krueger thing, man. Yeah, yeah I know. S- such if an it amazing. Would have transformed into Freddy Krueger. I would have liked it more. <laughs> you would have been like nine out of ten. <laughs> Not a nine out of ten. I would have at least got like twelve a six. out of ten. Turn it to eleven and keep going, baby. <laughs> zoom, zoom. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for the uh, episode. I know this is an extremely long episode, but for those of you who are Critters fans and you've listened to the end, uh, I want you to shout out in the comments. Go fuck yourself. And. Uh, Uh, I'll be sure to love your comment because you made it this far. You guys rock. (laughs) Hold on to your butts. Brittany's like been trying to stay awake. Patrick's like drunk as shit. Yeah. He's got his dick out. It's all weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little weird in here. It's like Uncle Grandpa. All in the corner inching closer to the door. (laughs) Hey, where are you going? (laughs) Anyway, guys, I hope that you enjoyed the episode this week. We'll be back next week for Critters 3 and 4. And I hope you guys will stick around. But uh, other than that, thanks thanks for coming on. You're going to be coming on next week, huh? No, I won't be here. All right. Bill. Sorry, guys. Boo. Boo. Shun. Tell, hey. Send Patrick hate mail. Shun the non-believer. Dox him. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I won't be on my social media because I'm That's the only on my Xbox. Do. Okay, You're yeah. supposed to dox him. It's your job. Don't be with my Xbox handle, by the way. Do it. Revenant Showgun. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, hope you have a great week this week. We'll see you next week. And as always, stay weird, monsters. Tune in every Monday.